0: and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am delighted to once again talk with my good friend Stephanie Chapman. What's up, Stephanie? Hi!
1: What <laughs> up, everybody?
0: <laughs> oh, so stoked to get you back on. The, the last episode you were on was so much fun. Uh, I re listened to it earlier today and, you know, felt like a dork listening to my own podcast and <laughs> laughing at it. But
1: <laughs> I had so much fun. There's so many things. I got off my chest and I was able to put out into the ether. Like, <laughs> My, our olive garden conversation like things that just needed to be discussed
0: <laughs> yeah the, the olive garden conversation will probably go down in history <laughs> 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 the jerking off the breadsticks talk. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't care it still makes me hungry for olive garden
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! When I was relisting that episode, I forgot how much we talked about food. And we did. we talked a lot about food. <laughs> <laughs> so much food talk. <laughs> food is the best. Oh my gosh! And recently, I've been. Um, well, I was like super sick two weeks ago, and I was sick enough that I dropped like close to ten pounds in oh a week. Oh my god! I know, but like, what a great jump star, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, let's keep this gravy train going. And <laughs> and so I've been, you know, kind of careful watching what I eat uh since that and um been um actually got my my bike out and I've been riding that a ton. And so that's been kind of a, a nice development is that, you know, not only did I did I keep that weight off from being sick, I've actually continued losing. And part of that you know has been with me my biggest problem has always been my diet and and so yeah listening to that episode us talking about food i was like oh
1: <laughs> so have you been did you have since you were already sick not already sick but since you the, the sickness is what you said what well, jump started it does that mean you've now made significant changes to your diet or have you been able to kind of eat what you've wanted in moderation and the working out help sorry there's a
0: train behind me sorry oh that's okay um Uh, yeah, just kind of more in moderation. Like I, I just have a problem with indulging and, and, you know, since, since we got, you know, I got kids in the house, so we've always got snacks of some sort for them. There's always some sort of ice cream treat in the freezer. And for me, it just comes down to just being more disciplined. It's like, dude, yeah, you're going to be fat if you have a cup of ice cream every night. (laughs) Before bed. Like what a terrible idea. <laughs>
1: and but it's you know, so good. When kids are around, you there's always gonna be something to snack on.
0: I, and there's always something yummy. Like there's always, you know, cherry pop tarts and s'mores pop tarts in the in the cupboard. Um always like the the different um uh you know, like like not like they're not like the real granola bars. There's a the granola bars that are like a step away from a candy bar. Yes. <laughs> you know, we've I mean, always got those in there. Well,
1: Okay, you've opened up Pandora's box. I want to get back to something that you just said, but I agree. <laughs> Those granola bars are fire, drizzled with chocolate caramel, some kind of some kind of icing or whatever, and they're so good. But it says granola bar on the package, so nobody can tell me that it's not one step away from just like plain rolled oats. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but you brought up a conversation, something uh, sparked a conversation I had with a friend a couple of weeks ago about Pop Tarts. Do you cook your pop tarts? Are they heat? Do you heat them up in some way before you eat them?
0: I prefer to to warm them up in a toaster first. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Especially they're... the s'mores ones. It's like you got to. It's got to be warm and gooey. Come on.
1: I've never had a s'mores one.
0: Oh I've well, had... for for the sake of your health, don't. But but like <laughs> if you like chocolate and marshmallow and graham cracker, fuck yeah. <laughs> Isn't that good? Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Pop tarts
1: are so good. I've only ever had like the regular strawberry, and then I found that I was allergic to strawberries like some years ago, and so I can't eat those. So oh, so been... no, you're allergic to strawberries? That's like mm. the best fruit. Okay, first of all, tragic. <laughs> I was at a barbecue, or I was at a, I was at a barbecue, and uh, I had like some kind of something that had like, like, I think it was like a fruit salad, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Then I left the barbecue and went straight to a cold stone and got strawberry ice cream and that was everything's was fine i get home and i break out in hives and my throat starts to close up and i'm like panicking i, I eventually end up going to the hospital and long story short i found a bunch of strawberries and oh, that's scary it is awful i'm telling you right now i've tempted fate since then i will tempt fate with like fake strawberries like strawberry like like fake strawberry fillings and stuff i probably shouldn't but i'm telling you right now It is, to have strawberries taken away from you in such a fashion, like, it's like somebody took my dog and just ran off with him. It kind of feels the same way. Oh, no. Yeah, it's bad. But there are truly people out there, and I'm not passing judgment, I am, but there are people out there who don't heat up. They just eat them straight out of the package. Is that
0: like... That's my children. (laughs) Really? I tell them all the time, I'm like, toast it. I'm like, put the little (gasps) dial setting on one. It doesn't take very long and toasted it's an entirely different world and they're just like no cold pop tart munch 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 and i'm like all right they do you, they the you, do you little either? homie
1: <laughs> <laughs> even, they eat even the crust on un, untoasted
0: yes i know it's it seems foul doesn't it
1: <laughs> i can't wrap my mind around the concept i just cannot wow. you have some course correcting to do there i think I,
0: <laughs> i've tried and at the end of the day i'm like you know what you know the food food is subjective you know and people's own experiences with food are subjective and it's like if this is what you like maybe someday you'll have a revelatory experience and you'll heat one up on a whim and then you'll realize oh damn dad was right and it's like, yeah, it's like if you have a fat dad and he's giving you food <laughs> recommendations, they're probably solid food recommendations. That's so terrible. <laughs> it's like if you got a big muscly dad and he gives you gym tips, they're probably spot on. If you got a fat dad <laughs> giving you food tips, also probably spot on.
1: Fair point. Fair point. Cap <laughs> tarts are so good. I need to try new flavors because I've only ever had the brown, the, what is it, brown...
0: Is it brown sugar? What's not called brown sugar? What is it? Yeah, they have a brown sugar one. It's that one.
1: I've had that one.
0: Is it like cinnamon and brown sugar, maybe or something? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes, that's the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've we've gotten those ones before. The the yeah, try the s'mores one sometime. They are really good because like the filling inside it, it like alternates between chocolate and marshmallow, so it's almost like the filling inside it is like striped. That
1: sounds. (laughs) That sounds decadent.
0: And, and my biggest test of willpower is going to be the fact that we talked about how awesome these are. And when I'm done, I'm not going to eat one <laughs> because I'm going to look at it and go, no, if you eat the whole package, that's 400 calories of shit you don't need. <laughs> and I feel good. I, I can I feel like I can resist it.
1: Oh, well, well that's good.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, Yesterday, uh, you know how Facebook will have its memory things and sometimes it shows you things that are almost traumatic. Yes. Well, yesterday it showed me pictures from nine years ago of me out climbing with friends, and I looked so skinny and fit in those pictures. But at the time when those pictures were taken, if you'd asked me, i had been like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a total fat kid. And looking at the pictures, it's like, no, dude, <laughs> you were very fit. Like, what was wrong? And, and like, I know I've always had the I think it's like body dysmorphia. You know, where, where, when you look in the mirror, you focus on all the parts of yourself that, that, you know, you perceive as, you know, you don't like, and so you kind of blow them out of proportion in your mind. And so I'm sure that that's, what's always been going on with me, but man, I see those pictures now and I'm like, fuck, I would love to be, I would love to be that weight again, because that as, that had to have been at least 80 pounds lighter. You know, wow. and then if you think about that, like think about doing stuff with just an extra eighty pounds harnessed on you, and it's like, yeah, dude, no wonder. You know, like yeah. your, your feet'll hurt after a walk or, or some shit, but
1: yeah. And it's always crazy to think back at those times when, like, like you were thinner or whatever, and like how much I just like you just you're just not okay with looking back. I would give anything. Yes. Like for, for, yes, and I'm think I mean my. Like, oh, my God, I'm so fat in this dress. And like, meanwhile, my, you know, I've got booty shorts on and my boobs are jiggling everywhere I go because I want to make sure everybody can see them. And I'm like, I, I knew. <laughs> That's a TMI, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to say, if your boobs are jiggling, guys are noticing. The, the heterosexual <laughs> guys are noticing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friends get together. I'm so fat. This dress is so fat. I can't believe I, I'm wearing a two. I should be wearing a zero. And meanwhile, now I'm like, oh, my God. My fupa's hanging over my jeans. This sucks. Fupa!
0: For people not strong in the acronym game, that's fat upper pussy area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a, that's, that one always cracks me up. Yeah. Yeah, guys get it, too. Or it's the upper penile area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do we go from there? <laughs> uh, I've been so stoked to get back out, like, riding on my bike, though. It's been so much fun. The first day on, I did four miles, which there's, a like, a old, like, iron suspension bridge that... I don't know if it was relocated or if that's where it always was or what, but now it's pretty much just like part of a walking trail that goes over the river.
1: The thing of nightmares, a suspension bridge.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll send you a picture of it later. It's really, really cool looking. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's old school, like it's wooden planks, you know, going across the bridge and then just these big, you know, iron, you know, beams going up and like one pillar in the middle of the river. It's, it's pretty cool looking. And, um, but it's uh, two miles from my door. So if I ride my bike there and back, it's four miles.
2: Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like a little bit of it's gravel. And so that's fun because then when you get on the gravel road part, it's like, you know, pedal, 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 go as fast as you can because you don't get passed by a car on the gravel. <laughs> 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 so it's like boss level. <laughs> Do you still climb? Um, just in the garage. And um, I actually bought a, a bouldering pad. Which, um, like, if you're going out bouldering, you don't use uh, ropes and stuff, really. The only gear you need is, like, a pad that goes on the ground. And Mm -hmm. so, bouldering pads, they've got, like, really thick nylon uh, shell exterior. And then, they're usually, like, I don't know, like, three to five inches thick. And so, they've got really dense plastic layers on, like, the top and bottom within like, a... Or not plastic, but a foam. With, like, a a softer foam core in the middle. So, they're kind of designed to where if you fall on them from height it's supposed to kind of gently decelerate you whatever (laughs) but um the one i have folds in half and so when it's open all the way it's uh what is like three foot by four foot and so generally it's one of those things where if you get like a few friends and you've each got a couple bouldering pads and you all get together then you can make a pretty you know cushy landing spot especially if you're all working on the same thing and that's more what i've been focusing on lately I,
1: how and how high we talked about climbing in our last conversation too, and how far up can a, can you sustain like a safe fall on one of those pads from, from how high up? I mean,
0: ooh, um, I think they say anything like over twenty feet is kind of like a no fall zone.
1: Twenty? That's, that's <laughs> no, okay.
0: <laughs> I would not want to fall from twenty feet onto a fucking bouldering pad. <laughs> For Jeez. me, I start getting scared if I'm over eight feet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like pretty shaky. Fair. Um, <laughs> I
1: didn't mean to, I knew you were talking about biking. I'm sorry, but that just made me think to ask that question.
0: Oh, no, that's cool. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's it's been really cool getting my bike back out. But oh my God, my, but like there needs to be like a hashtag for bicycling that's like hashtag pray for my taint. <laughs> because it, it's, it, so bad, it it's so bad. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> last night. I did a six-mile ride, and I got home, and then when I was sitting down for supper, I sat down very gingerly (laughs) at the dinner table, and I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) And, like, I've even got, like, this, like, cushy, like, old-person-type bicycle seat that I ordered off uh, online. (laughs) The thing is, like, super wide, and it's, like, memory foam, super cushy. (laughs) I remember, I think I sent Matt Kirby a picture of it, and he's like, that's a recliner. (laughs) Like, that is an easy chair. What is that? And it's like, yeah, I mean, my bike came with, like, you know, like this very, very small, very hard seat that I used for about two weeks. And then I was like, I have to order. I I don't care if people will make fun of me. (laughs) They don't have to live with the pain in my ass (laughs) after riding.
1: And some of those bike seats are so narrow, so there's no like you can't just dis- there's no weight distribution for like some of that pain. It just hurts.
0: Yeah. No, I was like riding and I'd be like, okay, now we're gonna ride on the left cheek for a while. <laughs> and we're gonna alternate to the right cheek for a
1: while. <laughs> Does the new seat help significantly?
0: Yes, it's it's way comfier, but I think I mean, because like right now, the last time I weighed myself, I was when I got home from that ride last night, I was 294. And so I think that no matter what, when you're around 300 pounds sitting on a bike seat, it's going to (laughs) hurt. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) My goal is to get back down to 200. I mean, it would be amazing to get below 200. But, I mean, the last time I got down to 200, it was – I was having, like, days where I didn't eat any meat at all. I was just, like, loading up my wok with, uh, like, broccoli and and peppers and – uh, mushrooms and baby tomatoes and uh, Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. And like you would take like an entire wok full of veggies and it would just condense down and then that'd just be a plate of food that I'd eat. And then.
1: Oh, um, you're saying walk like not walk like walk Yeah, like W-O-K. Okay.
0: Gotcha, okay. <laughs> I love cooking veggies in a wok. It's like, it's the best. Um, just a little bit of coconut oil and salt and pepper and then all those veggies and oh my gosh. It's so good. Um, but like, and that'd be my supper. But then like leading up to that throughout the day, I'd like start the day with like a protein shake with like a, some 2% milk in it. And then I'd put in like three shots of espresso. Oh, <laughs> I'd have like a coffee protein <laughs> shake. It was fucking amazing. And um, I'd have like a quest bar that I would like split in half. So I'd have half of it, you know, at one point in time in the day. And then maybe like four hours later, eat the other half of it. And then usually like a couple apples or like an apple and a banana throughout the day. And then I'd have like all those veggies for supper. And I'd do like two hour long cardio workouts every night and then climbing every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, bicycling on some of the days as well. And so I'm just kind of trying to get myself back into that mindset of doing that. And recently the uh, the private victories group that's kind of part of the leftover army. So it's like a closed Facebook community Mm -hmm. Uh, that has been just popping lately. And it's been really, really exciting kind of having, you know, kind of like a a community around you with like, it's been so inspirational to where it's like, you know, because I don't really have anybody around me that, that I can work out with on the regular. And I'm, I think that was one of the reasons that me getting fit from climbing worked so well was because it was i almost had like a you know a group of friends and like a community around it that you know were inspirational as well and right and man it it that that facebook page so far has been absolutely inspirational and so that's i'm gonna try and keep it going so that you know hopefully when c2e2 rolls around and You know, in mid-August later, it'd be cool to show up and not be 300 pounds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. It also sounds very... It sounds like... Which is, like, sometimes for a lot of people, is half the battle is, like, the discipline. Yes. Of eating and working out regularly. So, good for you.
0: Yeah, my discipline is always what it comes down to for me. Because it's, like, even at, you know, 300 pounds, like, I'm still fairly like hill strong like i can go out and and do really long hikes and stuff and not get winded or anything like that and also i think generally when most people see me and i tell them like oh yeah like 295 pounds right now they're like no fucking way and i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) which means you
1: carry it well
0: yeah yeah and man it'd be it'd be great to drop it off though um and it would be fun to go out and do rope climbing again, but the last time I put my harness on, I couldn't get the leg loops past my fat <laughs> thighs, and I was like, oh, that's just sad. <laughs> I got this brand new harness I spent 125 bucks on, and I don't fit in it.
1: <laughs> I, have a, I have another rock climbing question, and I'm sorry. I feel like I did this last time we talked, so I'm going to try and not to like bombard you <laughs> like some crazy interview. No, no, it's cool. So are you trying to – you're not trying to tell me this, but this is how I'm going to start the statement. So when you rock climb, like when you go to a place and pay to do like rock climbing or whatever, and the person at the bottom is just using themselves to hold you down, that doesn't – what is the physics behind that? It doesn't make any sense to me because I know I weigh more than this chick at the bottom that's 98 pounds, but she's keeping me from killing myself.
0: Yes. So – Back, back in the day when I first started climbing, uh, the first time I went outdoors, I was 285 pounds. The guy belaying me was 155, and so I was almost twice as heavy as him. And so, especially when it got to the point where I was lead, when I was lead climbing. So, when a beginner starts out, they just top rope, and so the, the rope is going, you know, from the belayer all the way to the top of the route through the top anchors, And then down to the climber. And then as the climber goes up, the belayer just takes in slack the whole time. And so if you fall, you're not really putting much stress on the gear because, you know, they've got you on a fairly firm rope. And so it's really more if you fall, you just kind of swing away from the wall and you just kind of like hang in there like you're on a tire swing or something, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you're lead climbing, that means that you have to climb up above. You're taking the rope with you as you go. So you're starting out on the ground and maybe the rope's just clipped into the first bolt. That's probably like 15 feet up or so. And then, you know, you'll climb up another five feet, pull the rope up, clip it into the next bolt, climb another five feet, clip it into the next bolt. But as you climb up above that last piece of protection, um, so if you're five feet above your last piece of pro in your protection and you fall, you're going to fall 10 feet plus rope stretch because the ropes that you use in climbing are dynamic. They've got usually around... 30% stretch to him and that's when my belayers would go for a ride (laughs) oh geez when I was first learning to to lead climb and um, my my climbing mentor at the time was my friend Shige he weighed he was a little 155 pound Japanese dude and the amount of times that I pulled him all the way up to the first bolt and then I would take a very long fall as a result But there were multiple times that I pulled him like a full 10, 15 feet off the ground. Wow. And then when Lindsay was belaying me, um, we tried it a few times with like anchoring her to the ground. So like I would like tie off like a shorter rope to the back of her harness and then tie it to like a tree on the ground or something. But then, you know, she has to be standing just right and like keeping tension on that rope behind her. Otherwise, you know, it can kind of jerk you around a bit. Um, But mostly it just got to the point where it's like you don't take chances when you've got like a little Blair. And so it was always fun for me when somebody was closer to my size, because then I could really push it and take really big falls. And it, it wouldn't be that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: But, uh, the thought of doing that now, <laughs> the thought of like <laughs> taking a lead climb or a lead fall at like close to 300 pounds. It's like, no, that's too scary for me. I'd, that's why I'll just go out and boulder on something that's maybe eight feet tall. And it's like, hey, I'm still doing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you're riding your bike. You're doing everything. It's a buffet of activities for you.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And then the the conversations on that private victory page has got me all stoked to start weight training again. And so it's time to dust off all the dumbbells out in the garage. And I have to build a new bench, but I've got plenty of two by fours and stuff sitting around. So sometime this weekend, probably on Sunday, I'm going to build myself a new bench. And start integrating weights back into it. I'm pretty excited about that.
1: Oh wow, that's some that's some pretty. You, wait, you said build your own bench? Yeah. Oh, again, no big deal. We are just building benches over here. <laughs> <somewhere else. Whatever.
0: laughs> well, I built my whole climbing wall, so <laughs> I, I have I have rudimentary carpentry skills, so I can easily build you know a bench wow it, it wouldn't be anything that like a woodworker would look at and be like this is damn nice a woodworker would probably look <laughs> at it and be like mm-hmm. like matt kirby would probably look at my weightlifting bench and be like really and i'd be like i tried <laughs> <laughs> it's like i could lay on my back and do like butterfly curls on it or i can sit on it and you know isolate certain muscle groups it's all i need it doesn't need to be perfect
1: <laughs> it doesn't need to be too
0: fancy <laughs> yeah it's nothing i would be able to sell <laughs> well i i priced ones on amazon and you know to like actually buy one it was like close to 60 bucks and i was like damn i could save 60 bucks and use this scrap wood that's just in the corner of the garage yeah that's a deal that's what i'm gonna do
1: yeah absolutely any amount of money saved is a is a win in my book, anytime. I don't care if it's 10 cents, it's a win.
0: Well, especially right now, have you noticed how crazy the price of groceries are?
1: It is, I can't, I went in the other day, yesterday, I went in and grabbed like, maybe four, four or five things, 30 something bucks. It was the craziest thing ever. There's nothing is cheap anymore. Even with a coupon or a discount or a sale, nothing's cheap.
0: Oh, like, I know. I said something to Lindsay about bacon, and she was like, Oh, I was going to get some the last time I was at the store, but it was almost $10 for a package of bacon. And I was like, What? That's insane. Like, that is fucking nuts. That is, yeah, nah, nah, we're okay. You know. <laughs> and honestly, I, you know, bacon should be a, like maybe a once a week thing for me right now, anyway, if that, you know. Why <laughs> is
1: bacon probably the most delicious
0: thing on the planet oh my gosh it's so good <laughs> like do bacon like, bacon is so amazing
1: it's do you like it floppy do you like it crisp and crunchy
0: honestly i i will take it either way because bacon but but like <laughs> i prefer it to be like on the crispier side yeah
1: i like mine i don't like it like i don't like it i don't like it too crunchy like to like break off i kind of like it with some give to it mm-hmm I also like mine, like some people don't like fatty bacon. I don't want it to be all fat, but if you give me like 40% fat on my bacon, like, oh, I can't even think about it. Oh my God. Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> so going can be like, and like I have family members who are like, I don't eat turkey bacon. Like you should try turkey bacon. You should try shutting the fuck up. I don't need turkey bacon. <laughs> give me a dead, dead winker every time and I will eat it. Sorry, PETA. I don't, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a proponent for like slaughtering animals, but it has to be all pig, all day bacon for me.
0: It's so good. I love Bill Burr's joke. Um, I don't remember which set it's from or or which special it's from, but he says something about like for him to be happy, something has to die every day. <laughs> <laughs> something has to have its feathers pulled, its beak chopped off. And it's like, oh, dude. <laughs> But um uh, uh the the first go around with me, you know, dropping all the weight. Uh that was one of the things that we did. Uh Lindsay and I started eating turkey bacon instead. And we did that for a while. And then one day, I don't know what it was, she got regular bacon instead, and we were eating it, and we just kind of looked at each other like we're done with turkey bacon forever. <laughs> because <laughs> because it was a lie. <laughs> it is it isn't bacon. <laughs>
1: all it takes is that one taste of what you were missing
0: yeah i mean pretty much you know you you have that and then it's like oh shit there's no going back like um like for the longest time during that period of time also we would only have skim milk in the fridge which as far as i'm concerned it's just white water
1: Um, it's so watery it is very uh, watery wow
0: and then you know one day i don't know if i got groceries and i was just like fuck it i'm getting two percent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and so then and so then she started buying one percent for a while and then now we're to the point where every time she gets groceries she just gets me my two percent um because i I, t- I drink a lot of milk um like Straight i, I like it like if i'm having like like a sit down meal like that is what i would like to granted i'm not like a weirdo that's gonna order milk in a restaurant <laughs> but if i'm like having a meal at home you know breakfast lunch or supper, like, I would love to have, like, a glass of, like, ice-cold milk with it, but not skim milk. Fuck that.
1: Isn't it crazy? First of all,
0: you said not in a restaurant, like, oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this cold is still in my, my chest enough to where if you get me laughing enough, I will have a coughing bit. So if I suddenly go on mute, just assume I'm mini-dying here, but I'll be okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
1: And it's crazy too, because like I feel like as a kid, like I, I I don't drink, I don't eat dairy, but like I don't drink. But like in your, as a kid, in the cereal they put like you know whole milk, and then as an adult, like you add skim milk or two percent milk to things. And then when you see like somebody give a child or you see somebody use whole milk, it looks like heavy whipping cream at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't like, drink whole milk. I mean, I'd probably like, love it, but mm, I need to stay away.
1: Oh my goodness, it just looks so thick and almost. I'm being way. I'm being super dramatic. But it almost looks gelatinous. It's so gelatinous. Thick. <laughs> Why is this so thick? It's I don't understand. But yes, I feel like what now, I feel like so many people too. I don't know. I mean, other than like baking or like giving it to kids, I don't think I've seen an adult drink a glass of whole milk. If I'm being honest, I haven't seen an adult drink a glass of milk in a while. So the fact that you told me that is pretty extraordinary. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, I, I don't think i don't think you're childlike or anything it's just the first time i've heard that in a very long time
0: sometimes when i'm having and enjoying a glass of milk it goes through my mind it's like you are a child <laughs> <laughs> your glass of milk
1: so does that mean you buy it by like the gallon because you go through it
0: yeah wow. <laughs> but um so so my youngest Uh, Liam, like he's, his favorite is chocolate milk. So we've always got chocolate milk in the fridge too. So that's another one of the things that I have to stay away from. There's always ice cream in the freezer, always chocolate milk in the fridge. (laughs) When chocolate milk hits, it is delicious. Oh my God, it's the best shit ever, right? It is so amazing. Oh, and in terms of like a fitness or recovery drink, it's actually like, like a poor man's protein shake. It's actually, it's pretty good for you from from what i've read but it's like oh i'll stay away from it because that's one of those slippery slopes where it's like i i don't think i can just have one cup of chocolate milk it's gonna be another one i'm going to refill it (laughs) so it's like oh that's bad just stay away it's it's so good
1: do you remember growing up when like i'm i'm assuming i'm older than you but like i remember like quiz like what was it called like mess quick and you would quick yes and you would like pour like the chocolate powder or the strawberry powder in the milk and it would yep. make it chocolatey. I used to always get in trouble because I used to always add way too much and it would leave never enough for the person who wanted it next. <laughs> but The fact that you could make it as strawberryish or as chocolatey as you – oh my Where are the good – see, where look, I'm getting upset. See, like where are all the good things we used to enjoy as kids? You just buy it now and it's already like pre-strawberry or pre-chocolate, right?
0: Oh, you can still buy Nesquik. You can still buy oh, it. You, Oh, you can! Oh, without a doubt, it's still. It's just that now you're an adult; you don't look for it in the grocery store, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you can do with Nesquik that is really awesome. You can sprinkle it on ice cream. Shut the. F- oh, that!
1: <laughs> it's so I need good. to go grocery shopping soon, so Noted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. So, so, so you're you're generally no dairy. You like lactose intolerant. No, I just don't like the taste of it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so that's was, fair.
1: Yeah, it's just I don't. Yeah, I think I think it tastes like something that somebody pulled out of a toilet.
0: But yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. The- <laughs> so like, no cheese or nothing. Because I remember you saying before that you didn't like you wouldn't put you know if there's cheese on a salad you're picking it off.
1: Yeah, I don't do cheese. I don't I don't put butter on anything. I can do like butter. I don't do buttered toast or buttered rolls. I can eat if something like a obviously cakes are made with butter and things like that. Like that's fine. Um, but like when it comes to cereal. I will actually, I'm one of the maniacs that puts the milk in first. <laughs> <lets> Maniac. <this, laughs> let the cereal get, I can only eat soggy cereal. I can't eat, like, crunchy cereal. I think it's weird. Oh, wow. And so, wow. yeah, I let the cereal get soggy, and then I pour the milk out and just eat soggy cereal with no milk in the bowl. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Is I've it? never heard that before.
1: Yeah. I've had people come, like, when I was younger, I'd have people, like, people would come over and stay the night, like, family or whatever. And even as an adult, like, I would have friends come over, who, and they'd be like, you have a... Do you want me to throw this bowl of cereal out on the counter? It's been sitting here for 20 minutes. Don't touch it because it's not ready yet. I have to go in and like rotate it so the crunchy bits at the top get soggy. Then I pour the milk out and then I eat it. It's so good. Soggy cereal eaters unite, it is the best stuff on the planet.
0: Wow. Oh, see, cereal is one of those things I have to be careful with too because I can never just eat one bowl. Because yeah. it's like, for me, it's like I, you know, I, I pour the cereal in the bowl and then pour milk in until it just kind of floats the cereal. And then it's like, I like it crunchy, so I eat it. And then when I'm done, there's still milk in the bowl. And so my head is like, well, you're going to have to pour some more cereal in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so then you eat it again. And then that milk that's then left over is, you know, of course, the sort of like, I'm eating like frosted flakes or something like that. So then you've got like sweet sugary milk that you can then drink out of the bowl. Uh, it's so yeah. funny in having these food conversations with you there's a voice in the back of my mind going, this is why you're fat this is why you're fat listen to what passion you're talking about all this terrible food with
1: it's so crazy you're talking about flavored milk because i've been seeing these videos in the black hole time suck that is tiktok and people are taking like their favorite Food. I usually it's like a cereal or somebody took a flavor of Pop Tart actually, and they like poured it in some crazy. They poured a bunch of milk in the bowl and like mashed it up, and like got the whatever the it was Pop Tarts. Let's just use a Pop Tart example. They mashed up the Pop Tart so they got soggy. Let it soak in the milk. Then they drained all that through a cheesecloth so none of the chunks of the Pop Tart were left. It's just like the flavored milk, and then they used that. They like I can't remember. If they use like a whipper or something to make it a little a little bit thicker. It's like a cream. Then they pour that in their coffee to sweeten their coffee. And that was like flavored coffee. Oh, wow. Right? Way too much effort. And <laughs> right? but that sounds like <laughs> a genius idea if you're into like that kind of coffee or whatever. Oh, that sounds so good. I don't even drink coffee. That sounds really good.
0: Oh, I love coffee. I've, I've kind of gotten myself down to just having one or two cups a day because like after we got a Keurig, I was like having like eight cups of coffee a day. Wow. Yeah, I fucking love coffee. am like I've got, I have a plethora of coffee machines. I have like a regular drip machine, I have the Keurig, I have mm-hmm. a French press.
1: And wait, wait, wait! Is
0: the French press the one
1: where they use that little round thing and press it so it's firm with the powder? It looks so fancy.
0: Uh no, a French press is—you um, pretty much just put the the hot water and the grounds all together in like a, a like a carafe, and then it's got like a, a strainer that goes down. So after you get your, your hot water and your grounds in, then you let it sit for a while. And then when you're ready to drink it, it's got like a a big handle that sticks straight up, kind of like a plunger, like a, like when they blow up dynamite in like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then you push that down. And then at the bottom of that plunger, there's like a, a filter disc that then pushes all the grounds to the bottom so that then when you pour your coffee, all the grounds are held to the bottom of the of the, the carafe so that you're not getting the, the grounds in your drink. It's basically like the it's gotta be like the easiest, cheapest coffee maker you can get. God, yeah. I, I mean, didn't mean to cut you off. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. That That's what this show is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all tangents and it's usually me cutting the other person off because sometimes I get too excited and I suck at conversating. <laughs> So when it happens to me it's delightful. It's like, "Oh no, please."
1: <laughs> do you prefer your coffee from one of those 3 or if you have more like specifically from one of those 3 or like or is it to depend on what you need?
0: Well, my favorite is the fourth one, which is my my Mr. Coffee uh $40 espresso machine, which is mm. really really awesome. It's like, you know, this tiny little like it's like a, got a, like a tiny little coffee uh glass coffee pot at the bottom that only holds like three or four cups of water so it's like i don't know for me whenever something gets small enough it enters the realm of oh that thing's adorable <laughs> and so it's like this really cute tiny little coffee pot and uh um you know it's it's not it doesn't make near as good of espresso. as like if i like dropped a thousand dollars on like a proper espresso machine then i would probably totally be in heaven but it's like i can't do that um like if i were like if I had like a lot of disposable income, fuck yeah, I'd have that rad <laughs> espresso machine. But no, not right now, unfortunately. Um, but it's it's basically just like a, a pressurized like you put the water in the machine, and then it's got a big heavy um, uh, like a screw knob type thing that goes on the top that that clamps it down, and then it's uh, you know pressure it turns that to steam and then forces it through your compacted grounds. <clears throat> And um, then it's also got like a steamer attachment on the side so that then you can like steam and foam milk with it too. So you make like a proper cappuccino. That's probably my favorite, but you got to go through a lot of work to do it. And then you've got all those individual parts that you have to clean when you're done. And so sometimes like the lazy part of me wins out and it's just like, yeah, we're doing Keurig again. But sometimes <laughs> when I really want to treat myself, I'll do an espresso at home. And that's my favorite.
1: Do you have a brand of, Okay. Speaking of coffee, do you have a brand that, like, when you go out and you're getting coffee, like, to go, you won't touch, you know, one, like, you'll go, you only do Starbucks, you only do Dunkin' Donuts, you only do, you probably don't have Wawa out there, but you, like, you, there's only certain brands that you'll do, then, like, you stay away from, or do you only make it for yourself at home?
0: Well, my, like, if I'm going to treat myself and get, like, really good coffee, I will get Smuggler's Coffee, which, um, that, um, uh, Dave Feynman. Owns that. And uh, he is, um, I met him through the Leftover Army. And at the time, he had, he was just doing smugglers' coffee as like a side gig. And now I think it's his full time job. So it's really blowing up. I'm really, really happy
1: for oh, those wow. guys.
0: But um, what Dave told me that they do was that he would get old, you know, like whiskey barrels or rum barrels or, you know, stuff like that. And he would buy mm-hmm. the coffee beans and then age them in those barrels. So it would like take on flavor notes of that stuff. And then he's got his own roaster on site and he roasts it. And he's got a web store where you can order the stuff. Um, wow. My favorite of his that I've gotten more times than I can remember now is called a brew hope. And like the, la- <laughs> he's got really awesome labels on all of his coffee that he gets these artists to do. And the brew hope one, it looks like, um, if I'm remembering correctly, it looks like the back view of like Obi Wan Kenobi and like Chewbacca like seated at a bar, like in that cantina in Star Wars. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, like just looking around, like I'm surround because every time you order coffee from you're gonna get like a magnet, like a decal. So almost all the shit that I own has got like a smuggler sticker
1: on it. <laughs> oh, I love a good sticker. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, D- Dave really knows what's up with this. I gotta get him on the podcast again just to. A- more people needs to know about it because the coffee that that he does with smugglers is so fucking good. Um, But otherwise, like, like my coffee that I have every morning, like I said, like, I'll fall back on convenience. And so usually it's, like, a store brand, like, donut shop coffee, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in a Keurig cup. And my wife really likes the, like, cappuccinos in the Keurig cup. And so sometimes what I do, I'll get really, really fancy (laughs) and I'll put a little bit of white milk in the bottom of a mug and then I'll put in a, you know, a coffee K-cup and do it on like the the smallest setting. And then I'll put in one of her cappuccino K-cups and do that on the smallest setting and then mix it all up. And that's pretty fucking delightful. What's the
1: difference between coffee and cappuccino?
0: Okay, so a proper cappuccino is espresso and steamed milk with the foam on top. If it's a latte, it's espresso and steamed milk without the foam. If it's an Americano, it's espresso plus water. Oh.
1: Yeah. Water?
0: Why does <laughs> well, the thing that
1: sounds the least appealing have to be called the American? <laughs> <We're not
0: appealing. laughs> well, what's funny is the first time I went rock climbing in the Red River Gorge, I met this dude named Scott Wibby, who totally awesome guy and we'd be out climbing I think he was from Maine and so like he had that that great Maine accent and it was so funny too because it would really come out like when he'd be scared so if like he was up on like a a, like lead climbing some route and he was above his pro and you know facing like a big fall I remember one time he was doing that and he looked down and he's like okay boys it's whipper time (laughs) (laughs) because in climbing you call like a big fall a whipper it's like it's whippa time <laughs> it's so funny i remember one time we were laughing at him he's like my accent really comes out when i'm scared And it's like well, you don't fucking say <laughs> and so anyway he was talking coffee with us one day at the crag and at the time i'm just like you know whatever it's it's just coffee you know i just get whatever and i just had like a regular you know drip coffee machine and he's like oh no i'm a total coffee snob he's like, i'm gonna make coffee for you you're gonna love this and he had one of those little espresso machines that he actually took with him. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and so he made us, us like espressos on the very last day and actually did like the steamer stuff on the side. So we had steamed milk with it and everything. And that was one of the first real proper coffees I had where I was like, oh, this is so much better than what I have every morning. That when I got back from that climbing trip, that's when I bought my first, you know, Mr. Coffee espresso machine. And now I think I'm on number three. <laughs> because if you use hard, hard water in them, you know, they'll li- they'll scale up on the inside and then eventually go to shit. And so now I've learned my lessons and I only put like purified filtered water in it. Like I don't fill it up from the tap anymore. <laughs> oh, our water is so hard here it is ridiculous. Like I have an electric water heater and every once in a while, usually it's about every year and a half or so, it'll just quit working. And then I just have to go downstairs and, like, unscrew the the heating element from it and drain all the water out of it. And then it's usually, like, completely filled up at the bottom with limescale. And so then I have to, like, put a shop back in and suck it all out. Oh, God. And then put a new heating element in and rewire the whole thing. And then we voila, we have hot water again for another 18 months. But, yeah, our water is so oh. hard here. There's so many minerals and shit, and it's just crazy. Jeez. And, you know, I could get a water softener, but then I'd have to be buying bags of salt all the time and dragging that shit down into my scary-ass cellar. No, thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you ever been in a house that has a cellar instead of a basement? I
1: uh, that First of all, that's an excellent question. I don't think I've ever been asked that in my entire life. <laughs>
0: Number Cellars <laughs> are creepy, in my opinion.
1: I don't think so. I'm thinking, when I think cellar, I'm thinking, like... The original It, Mary mini when Georgie goes to get the the, the stuff to coat the little the boat in, is that a cellar?
0: no uh, I think that would have been a basement because it, like he accessed it from inside the house.
1: Oh, you're talking about the ones you access from outside.
0: Yeah, yep, that's what I got. Okay, no, gosh, no. Oh, people die in those. Yeah, yeah, no, our cellar is so fucking creepy that when there's a tornado warning, we gather in the center of the house instead. like we don't go down in the base we don't go down (laughs) in the cellar fuck that we're gonna die with a thousand spiders no thank you (laughs) (laughs) but no we've got like the steel you know doors that you have to like open like a fucking bomb shelter and then go down this like staircase and like usually i keep like a broom right near there because you have to if it's been a little while you have to it's been a while (laughs) <laughs> you have to take this broom and like hollow out a tunnel through the spider webs to go down okay. there. Oh okay. Oh yeah, no, it's bad. And um Oh, I remember when we first bought this so this house was built in nineteen sixty-six. And when we first got it, it's like there's a small portion of this cellar that you can kinda walk like if you're short enough, you can walk around just fine. But me, I'm I'm six foot and so I have to like walk around stooped down, like stooped over down there. Otherwise, you know, my head will hit the floor joists. And uh, the rest of it throughout the rest of the house is all crawl space. And when we first moved in, that crawl space was so thick with cobwebs. If you would shine a flashlight, it looked like something from an Indiana Jones movie. Like (laughs) you couldn't see the foundation on the other side of the house because it was so thick with cobwebs. Now, after 2008, when our house went through a flood, all those cobwebs are gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so now that it's been, you know what, like about going on 14 years now, since that flood, the, the spider webs are starting to build back up. Um, uh, but generally I would only ever go down in the cellar if, you know, like, like a, a, a breaker popped. And so I had to go down there and reset a breaker. Cause that's where the breaker box is. Um, if the hot water was out or if, I would have to just go down there every once in a while and check to just make sure that, you know, the floor down there wasn't wet because every once in a while, like, we have, like, old trees and stuff in our, old growth trees and stuff in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes a pipe will get clogged and you'll go down there and there'll be, like, fucking shit water and toilet paper on the floor. And it's like, oh, great. Gotta call a Roto-Rooter and then get a couple gallons of of bleach (laughs) and (laughs) clean up the whole floor. It's absolutely disgusting. Well... After a while, well, oh, it was after I watched that, um, uh, that documentary on the, the Golden State Killer that was on HBO. Yes! That scared the fuck out of me so bad that I invested in, like, a, a video, uh, surveillance system for my property. don't blame you and i took one of those cameras and i set it up down in the cellar so i can easily check that and make sure the floor (laughs) is (laughs) dry so i don't even have to go down there for that shit anymore but here's the thing every once in a while i pull up that camera feed and it makes me jump out of my skin because there's a fucking spider parked right in front of that thing that'll like take up my entire screen of my phone Oh, God, or you'll be looking creepy. at the feed and you'll just see like a spider leg come out and then the thing will crawl across the field of vision. And it's like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I don't like spiders. I can't do spiders.
1: They're all I can't. No, they're they're gross. The thing is about because they're 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 so like they're so quick moving. They're there and then you turn, and you look back and you don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. I know that they can crawl on you when you're asleep or go in your mouth and your ears. I can't. And then oh, the, I don't want them. Yeah, I know. My biggest fear is like not my biggest. Like I don't want to die, but like. My, one of my biggest fears is that like I'm gonna fall asleep and like a spider's gonna go catch eggs in like my nose or my ear and oh. then one
0: day. Oh, that was one of the stories in in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes it was! Yeah, where the girl had like a like what started as she thought was a pimple and it kept getting bigger and bigger and then it exploded yes. and like hundreds of baby spiders came running out of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, oh,
0: no, 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 no. Oh. oh my god. Speaking of spiders, I remember a while back they were having a, so there's this, um, uh, like nature place. That's like fairly close to my house where, you know, they've got like, they own like a fair amount of land that there's like hiking trails and stuff through, but they have like a conservation building there also. That's really cool. And every once in a while they have, you know, experts come in and give presentations and stuff. Well, they had this snake guy come in and he had like a 10 foot long. Um, I don't remember what kind it is, but it was some kind of Python. It was like, 10 feet long is the python's name was muckluck. And, and Lindsay was like, Oh, I'm taking the boys up to go see this, you know, giant snake. Do you want to come with us? And like, you know, me growing up rural, like every time I would see a garter snake in the yard, I had have to catch it. Right. Ooh. And I don't know if you know this about snakes, but when you catch a little snake like that, it releases like this musk that it really does smell like shit. And like, you can wash your hands like six times, even with like lava, You know, with like the pumice in it, where you (laughs) really, really scrub your skin raw. And then you smell your hands afterwards. It's like, oh, fuck, I still smell that snake. You know, I'm never going to be able to eat again. This is terrible. And so when we went up there and this guy's like, oh, yeah, Muck looks like a very chill snake. And like we walk in and it's like this giant conference room that just all the tables and chairs are pushed to the sides. And so it's just this big, wide open expanse of carpet with this 10 foot long python just kind of slithering around the room. And, you know, right when we showed up, there was maybe one or two other people in there. And, like, I went from, like, fuck that, I'm not going anywhere near that snake. I'm not necessarily afraid of snakes, but, I mean, if a garter snake leaves that smell, what is a python going to do? Like, oh oh my god, it's going to almost smell like that for a month. Did you say ten feet? Ten feet long. Yeah, at its thickest, this thing was six or seven inches around at its thickest in its middle. This is a big, big snake. And so I'm talking to the guy about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, little snakes will release that as like a, a fear reaction. He's like, but Muckluck's not afraid of any of us, so that's not going to happen with him. And I was like, well, you ever, does he ever bite people? He goes, no, he's never, ever bit anybody during any of these presentations. I've owned him for several years. He's only bit me once, or maybe it was a she. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm caring about misgendering a snake. Um, <laughs> Uh, And and this guy was like, but that was totally my fault. You know, I was in the middle of feeding him. He'd already, you know, I'd been handling these mice. He was hungry and then I was handling him. And, you know, he bit my hand. He was like, but it was totally my fault. He goes, but don't worry. He's already been fed. You know, this, this is a happy chill snake. And so I went from fucked out. I'm not going near this thing to like literally letting this thing, like I'm holding it. And it's like crawling all around my body. At one point it like wrapped around my neck. And like started squeezing just enough that my face started turning purple. So I had to come up and pull it <laughs> off me. But like I was so comfortable with the snake that this guy was like, hey, I've got to leave the room to go to the bathroom for a little bit. I'm just going to leave you in charge because you uh. and Muckluck get along really well. And I'm like, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then this guy got really excited that, that I was so into these snakes. And so he just kept bringing different ones in. And it got to the point where he brought in a fucking tarantula. Oh, God. And he's like, he's like, well, you've handled every snake I've given you. Do you want to touch this? I'm like, get that fucking thing away from me. <laughs> he goes, well, how about I just hang it on your shirt? And so he just <gasps> put this fucking tarantula right on my stomach, and it started climbing up towards my face. I'm like, grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it. <laughs> Do not let this fucking giant hairy spider get to my face. <laughs> no. I have no problem with the 10-foot python. No problem at all with that thing crawling all around me. It actually felt like a great massage. I'm not going to lie. Like I've never had anything with muscles be able to like, you know, wrap around you like that. Like it was the, it was really really cool. Like I could oh. after that I could see why somebody would want a python as like a quote unquote pet, you know, because it was very very cool. But at the end of the day, I'd be like, ah, I'd rather be the snake uncle than the snake dad. You, know? <laughs> you can give
1: it back at the end of the day. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I remember at one point he brought out like a. So I'm holding Muckluck, and it's like all wrapped around me and stuff. And he brings out a little chinchilla that then my boys are petting. And I'm like holding Muckluck, and I'm like looking at this prey item three feet away. And I'm like, it's not going to send this snake into murder spasms, is it? And he's like, nah, nah, he's fed. He's good. <laughs> but that was the only time I was nervous holding him <laughs> when he had the chinchilla out. <laughs> what does a snake that big eat?
1: It can't be just regular mice, right? Well, you said mm-hmm. he said he had been feeding it mice, but that doesn't I'm seem pretty like sure enough. i sure it's just
0: mice poor mice wow yeah hey everything's part of the food chain (laughs)
1: isn't that the truth oh my goodness
0: oh my god speaking of that um so we went on vacation at the beginning of may and we went to ohio and went uh hiking in the hawking hills region uh Mm -hmm. for five days which Anybody, if you've never been to the like Hawking Hills region of Ohio, highly recommend going. It was some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen. It was through these um, sandstone gorges. So it's like all these really big sandstone walls around us. And the first part of the trail that we did actually hikes right through the bottom of the gorge. And so there's a creek, you know, running through the middle of it and all these different little bridges and stuff that go over the creeks and then just waterfalls everywhere everywhere. And it was just, it was absolutely fucking gorgeous. It was one of the most magical places I've oh. ever been. Um, oh, where was I going with this? Why did I start talking about Hawking Hills? <laughs> I started thinking again about how awesome that place was. It's like a 10 hour drive for me. So it's like, it's going to be a while before I do it again. Um. Okay. We were talking about snakes. I do that all the time. <laughs> I, why did I go there? Oh, okay. I remember. Okay. So, we have two cats. We have Jack and Thor. and oh, cute. Yeah. And, and like, Thor is, like, almost, like, a year younger than Jack. And for whatever reason, like, about six months ago, Thor just started, like, shitting not in his litter box. He'd go anywhere else in the house. But it was, like, every morning I'd wake up and there'd be shit on the floor somewhere. And so, would be like, dude. And so, took him to the vet, spent all this money at the vet on, like trying to try all these different things where she was like, you know, uh, the the vet was going through and trying to cross a bunch of things off the list. Like, okay, is it, is it, is it some sort of fungal infection? No, it's not that. Is it something, is it gastrointestinal? Is something going on with that? And so tried all these different medications, was spending like $70 a month on like, like prescription cat food. And then after like three months, he, he just started going to the litter box again. And so we're like, oh, sweet. And so then he went for three months with going in the litter box. And then two weeks before we have a week vacation coming up, he starts shitting on the floor again. Only this time, it's not just on the floor. He's wanting to shit on our couch or on like our, our, you know, he's wanting to shit on the furniture this time. And It's like, dude. And like, like my wife had had her uh, mom, like all scheduled to come and take care of the cats. And we're like, all right, it's totally not fair to expect her to come in and like scrub cat shit. You know, off, yeah. off of our furniture and besides that it's like if a cat pees on your couch it's really hard to get that smell out and that's pretty gross There's there yeah and so i went out and like did a really really deep clean on the garage made sure there was like nothing toxic around there um uh cut a hole in my climbing wall because my climbing wall covers the one window that's in my garage <laughs> and i built like a window box so that you know the so that thor could then just have a place to sit right in front of a window. Put a bird feeder right outside the window so, you know, there'd be birds literally six inches away from him that he could sit and have murder fantasies about. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, basically just made the garage like a nice little kitty cat haven for him. And so took him out there. And so he's actually been in the garage for. Oh, geez, like. 18, 18 days now. And. So we're basically told him, dude, you can come back in the house after you shit in the litter box for a week in a row. Which, as it's coming up, like if if he keeps it up for two more days, he's going to be back in the house. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it could be? I have I have no idea. I at this point I almost wonder if it's psychological because uh, Thor Thor's mom was a feral cat, and at the when so at the time there was a guy I worked with that he noticed that there was baby you know kittens had been born under the garden shed in his backyard mm-hmm. and he didn't want these cats coming to his yard so he got like a you know one of those humane traps and he caught this little kitten that was only five weeks old and oh my gosh so so i i've known thor since he was five weeks old and then like i've never seen a kitten react like that because he brought it into the office and showed us it and like he was backed into the corner of the trap and doing like these like spit hisses at anybody that would even look at him just like <laughs> <laughs> it was like adorable but it was like wow this is this is a wild crazy cat and then he took it to a vet had it checked out and everything and then when he brought it back it must he must have been acclimatized enough to humans to where he let all of us hold him and so i was holding him and he was petting you know falling asleep in my hand and he was just tiny he just fit in one hand you know and his wife Jeff's wife took it to an animal shelter, you know, because they, they had like a little shih tzu at the time. They were dog people, not, they'd never owned cats or anything like that. And then the person at the shelter was like, okay, yeah, thanks for bringing him in. And then she was like, well, what are you going to do with him?" And he's like, well, we usually don't tell people that. And she goes, well, are you going to kill him? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, you're not even going to put him up for adoption. They're like, you said that this was a feral cat that was born under a garden shed. So no, he is not. This is, this is, this cat wouldn't, people bring in feral cats. They just get put to sleep. And so she's like, all right, give me the fucking cat back. You're not, yeah. you're not killing this adorable little kitten. And so for a good two or three weeks, they tried to be cat people and they found out that they absolutely were not. And mm-hmm. so Jeff put a post on Facebook asking if anybody wanted one. And, you know, I'm just kind of moderating this because we had had Jack for about a year and, you know, we were go- we were good with just the one cat. And, but I'm kind of following this post and I'm looking at people commenting on it. And finally, one of his friends is like, oh yeah, we'll take it. Has he been declawed?
2: And Uh. it's like, I don't know
0: if people know about declawing, but take a look at your hand and look at the different joints you've got. And you know, the very tip where your fingernails grow and then it goes down to a joint. If you declaw a cat, that's the equivalent of cutting your own finger off at that top joint. You know, it's, it's horrible. And to do that because... Because why? You don't want them to fuck up your curtains or your or your 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 furniture or whatever. Now saying that, yeah, my furniture is fucking shredded. I can send you <laughs> pictures of my walls in my house that would like make you grasp pearls and go, what has happened here? And it's like, oh, they've clearly fucked up my woodwork. <laughs> but it's like, I'm not cutting their fucking claws off. That's that's horrible. And so the person that was seeming like they were gonna adopt this cat was saying that and I was like you know, my, my inner Bob Barker came out and I'm like, no, this is, <laughs> I'm not going to allow this shit to happen. And so I talked with Lindsay about it and she was like, yeah, sure, we can we can get another cat. And so well, then I for
1: them for not for not leaving it there and taking it not want, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it probably isn't easy for a lot of people to be like, oh, you're going to kill it sucks, but we're not cat people, so we're not going to keep it.
0: Yeah. I, and, and I thought the same, too. And it's like, well, they stepped up and did their part. But I'll step up and do mine. And so. We got him. And, brought, and so when we adopted him, his name was Catrick Swayze, which I oh. thought was the funniest fucking shit ever. <laughs> but when we brought it home at the time, uh, Lindsay and the boys had been watching Thor Ragnarok like nonstop. And and Liam's like favorite character was Thor to the point where like for two or three haircuts in a row, he took in a picture of Chris Hemsworth from, from Thor Ragnarok. He was like, give me this haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so we rechristened him Thor. That's uh, cute. That's we, a cute name, too. Oh, yeah. And, and he is a total little Thor cat, especially with, like, dad bod Thor. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Jack is part Maine Coon, so he's already, like, a big kitty. But Thor is, like, such a solid, you know, kitty with, like, uh, some fat on him also because <laughs> he, I mean, he eats like a feral cat, you know? <laughs> But, um, so he outweighs Jack actually by a pound. Like Jack was like, Oh, I don't remember the exact numbers anymore. It might've been like 17 and 18 or something like that. So Thor actually outweighs Jack, but, um, but yeah, he's just, I'm, I wonder if there's still just a lot of feral cat that's in him and, and we have a small house. Our house is only like 960 square feet. It's all one level um we me and Lindsay keep our bedroom door shut all the time it's like the one room in the house that we don't allow the cats into and so if the boys are each doing their things and because they're very good at you know being you know self-sustaining at times Mm -hmm. so there'll be times where you know aiden will just be in his room with his door closed and he'll just be in there reading or watching a movie or watching youtube or something and liam will be doing the same and so the cats are then have a very small amount of house that they have to roam around in. And with two of them, you know, I mean, we never really see them getting fights, but Jack is like a total diva bitch where, <laughs> oh, he is. You know, how cats can give you like judgy looks. Yes. Oh, Jack fucking excels at it. Like the amount of times that he's looking at his eyes narrowed. And I'm like, I know you don't approve, but hey, here we are, buddy. <laughs> 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 because there'll be times where like Thor will be somewhere. And you can tell that Jack wants to be there. And so he'll go and lay on top of him and like bite the back of his neck.
2: Oh,
0: God. And But we've never seen them get into like the big giant like Tasmanian devil, you know, type fights, you know, like because growing up with cats, I remember when our cats would do that. where it would be like, oh, shit, everybody clear the room. You know, this is like a, a raging whirlwind of, of fur and flying claws and like guttural demonic noises. <laughs> like we've <laughs> never, ever seen our cats do that. Um, but there's a part of me that, that wonders with Thor is, is it psychological? Is it because he's still got a lot of feral cat in him and he's just, you know, he's always going to struggle with this or is it, is it Jack being territorial? I mean, worst case scenario is, is did did Jack like fucking try and rape this poor cat? You know, because like, I'm getting a close up look at this cat shit all the time and, and every once in a while it's like the outsides of it are streaked with blood and like, you know, like cat That's dicks are rape? like i don't know they i think there's a lot of rape in the animal kingdom <laughs> Oh my god! but you know and this is just me spitballing because it's like i've already spent hundreds of dollars i've tried all these different the only thing i haven't tried doing is like separate him because it really doesn't work but it's like okay well now we've got this space in the garage where thor can kind of do his own thing and like Like I said, he's been using the litter box for almost a week now. So we're getting ready to reintroduce him back into the house. Um, But like we go out and visit him all the like the boys will go out and visit him several times a day and just like hang out with him in the garage. And, you know, at first he would act like really afraid where we'd go out there and you'd have to look for him and like you wouldn't even see him. But within like the last couple weeks out there, it's like we walk in the garage and like he immediately comes out meowing and rubbing against us and stuff. Um, but yeah, we keep finding like murdered little things in there. (laughs) Like every once in a while, a frog will find its way into the garage. We just find dismembered. I've lost track of the amount of dismembered frogs I've found in there. (laughs) And I usually have about a half dozen mouse traps set up in there that, that do pretty good business. I, (laughs) I'm killing a few (laughs) mice a week and I've yet to find any dead mice in there, but I can only imagine how stoked he would be if he was in there hanging out and all of a sudden he heard a little squeak. And it just triggers the murder genes in him. (laughs) So I keep waiting to find a dead cat or a dead mouse in front of the door that, that, you know, he would have taken out. When cats kill mice, do they eat them or they just kill them just to kill them? Uh, Cats are pretty fucking wild. Cats will usually fuck with something a long time before they'll actually kill it. Now, in the wild, if you were to, like, get attacked by a tiger or a lion or something, the first thing it's going to do is bite your neck and kill you. But house cats... House cats are a different thing. <laughs> like, the amount of times that we find spiders, you know, on the floor in the house that are missing half its legs, you know, and it's oh. like, and that's either Thor or Jack that like caught this thing on the floor and just kept fucking with it until it was eventually dead. Cats can be so twisted. Oh, they're, for, like, you can take a house cat that hasn't been declawed and just let it go outside. And not saying people, I think it's horrible when people do that to like abandon a pet like that is fucking terrible, but mm-hmm. that cat's going to probably do fine. I mean, they are the, the successful hunt ratio that, that house cats have in the wild versus other sorts of predators. They are very, very efficient killing machines. Like we're very lucky. They're as small as they are. <laughs> or we all <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but I mean if you had to get attacked by like if you had to choose a wild animal to get attacked by you would be much better off getting attacked by a lion or a tiger than a bear because a bear it's not going to kill you it's just going to start eating you oh are you for real I'm absolutely for real <laughs> they're just going to start eating you and they don't care if you're screaming and trying to get away the whole time now, a cat, they're going to bite down on your neck and either suffocate you to death or bite down hard enough that they'll break your neck and then they will enjoy you at their leisure.
1: Oh, this conversation took a hard laugh. That is <enlightening.
0: laughs> No, it's terrifying. That's why, that's one of the reasons I love living in Iowa is that we are the apex predator here. Now, if you go hiking somewhere in like Colorado or something like that, You might be being, I mean, and even in Iowa, there's, there's trail cam footage floating around that I don't know the veracity of, but supposedly there's mountain lions here in Iowa. I've never seen one with my own eyes and the amount of hiking I've done in, you know, I mean, about the wildest places you can get in Iowa are the places that we would go rock climbing just because of like the, the karst topography with like all the limestone, um, you know, uh ravines and bluffs and stuff like that. There's lots of places for a big cat like that to hide. The biggest prints we ever saw were from a bobcat. So I've, I've never seen direct evidence of a mountain lion in Iowa, but they're ambush predators. So if you're hiking somewhere and there's a hungry cat that's stalking you, like you might not even know it's there until it's jumping down on you from above and trying to hit your shoulders and break your back on the way down.
1: Good God!
0: <laughs> These big scary kitties.
1: <laughs> is that how, um, the Las Vegas guy is that how he got injured? Did he bite his neck? I don't remember what happened. Or he drag him off stage. That was because that was a tiger.
0: Oh, I don't know if I've heard about that one.
1: The what are the oh man, the two guys that used to perform in Vegas with the tiger.
0: Oh, Siegfried and Roy. Yes. Yeah, it bit his neck. And and see, in that one, they were more saying that the cat got startled and was trying to protect him. And so it like drug him off, you know, like a mother kitten would or a mother cat would drag its its kitten. But that could have been propaganda from them because they also, you know, they loved their animals. They didn't they didn't want that tiger to be killed as a result. Right. So I, I I don't really know. I don't and also I don't know enough about like big cats in captivity, but I know enough about house cats to where I would never get in the same area as like a full grown lion or something like that. Because you can't even like there's some house cats that are chill all the time, but then there's like like with Jack, remember me saying he's a little diva bitch? Yeah. <laughs> if I stub my toe and go, Ah, motherfucker, you know, he will attack me from behind and draw blood on my legs. Every, really? every time. Like if I stub my toe, I've had to train myself over the last few years to not do that. And I'm a very loud person. So it's totally normal for me. To go, oh, motherfucker. Jack is like, that's a, he's, that is a firm rule with him. You do not be loud in this house, especially you fat man.
1: or <laughs> I will make you
0: bleed. <laughs> like I've lost track. Of him. And like he'll stalk me. If I stub my toe and do that, I have to walk back to my room backwards. And he stays all low to the ground, like silently following me, just waiting for me to turn around. Oh, and if wow. I turn around, he'll pounce at me and like lock both his claws into my leg and bite the back of my calf. And he'll draw blood like he does not play. He. Oh, my God. The first time he did it. And this was like one of my biggest fails as a parent <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll share <laughs> with you and everybody else here today. Um, so for the longest time, my wife worked preload for ups in the mornings and so she would leave here at depending on the time of year anytime from like 11 30 at night to like five in the morning oh wow and then she'd be at work usually until like eight or nine o'clock and so for the longest time i would be the one to get up in the morning get the boys ready for school go drop them off and then go to work and i remember one time I poured Liam his glass of chocolate milk because you know, he loves chocolate milk, and he was sitting it in the living room and drinking it on the couch. And so he just had a full glass of milk sitting on the end table, and he spilled it in such a way that it spilled towards the couch. And so there's, you know, chocolate milk all over the end table, all over the couch, all over the wood floor underneath it, and me being like half asleep and you know already kind of stressed out because let's face it, it's it's. You know, if you got a time crunch to get two kids, two little kids ready. (laughs) So I totally lost my shit. And I was just like, fuck, fuck, like (laughs) like yelling, fuck, to the point where the boys are looking at me like, this dude is finally cracked (laughs) and lost his mind. And like mid fuck on like maybe the fourth or fifth one, Jack just comes running in from the other room and he climbed halfway up my body, tearing into me. And so like from that day on, it was Jack was like, it's like, you've been warned, fucker. You don't get to be loud and yell cuss words in this house. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's just him trying to make me a better parent. <laughs> <laughs> or mostly it's just probably him being like, nope, these are the rules. I like a nice quiet house. <laughs> but yeah, he ever since that day, he's he, he'll light me up. And usually it's stubbing my toe that'll do it. Because, I mean, who doesn't go, Oh, motherfucker, when you stub your toe, you know? Yeah. Toe. Oh, he does not abide it. <laughs>
1: and and so, you're following his rules, so it's working
0: it. <laughs> yeah well, it's <laughs> And so going back to it, to, to his behavior with him and Thor, I could totally see, it's, it's like him being a bully to Thor after we go to bed. And so maybe that's why Thor's shitting everywhere. I don't know, but. But, yeah, we're excited to bring him back into the house, and I'm sure he'll be stoked to come back in, too.
1: Yeah. oh Yeah, Thor. I, I'm, we're excited to hear about you going back into the house, too.
0: <laughs> He's such a sweet kitty, though. I mean, he he is... It's funny, because it's like he'll... It took him a long time to warm up to, like, you know, being the type of cat that, like, comes up and starts rubbing against your legs and purring. Mm-hmm. To the point where when he finally started doing it, it was almost like, oh, he accepts us. He really <laughs> loves us. And then like, you know, like reach down and pet him. And like, it It took him a long time to warm up to that also. And then there was a period of time where he'd almost be like, oh, yeah, I love getting petted. <laughs> I, I love getting my back scratched. This is great. To the point where now I can like pick him up and like, you know, kind of hold him, like, you know, like chest to chest. And he'll do the biscuits thing like. With one of them on my shoulder and the other in my beard. Oh, that's so cute. And like lovingly looking into my eyes like, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) And so I I miss him doing that. Because when Jack does it, it's, he more comes up and he'll bite me until I pick him up. Like, if I'm like half asleep making my morning coffee and Jack's decided, no, it's cuddle time. He won't abide me paying attention to my coffee maker or my phone or anything like that. He'll come up and fall and just bite the back of my leg until I pick him up. And it's like, you are such an (laughs) asshole. You are so lucky. You're so fucking adorable. Sounds like me in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So did you grow up with like uh, cats or pets or anything like that? We actually grew up with
1: uh, cats. I remember having two cats as a kid. And then um, when I was like in high school, we didn't have anything. We begged for a dog and never got one. And then I just... Yeah, we had two cats. We had a cat named Grace when I was like in elementary school and then when I was in middle school we had another cat named Skittles. Oh. Um, yeah, they were so cute. Um and then I have not had I hadn't had an animal since then and then I got a dog uh, about 5 years ago. And yeah, I'm not opposed. To, here's the thing, too. I think okay. But to grow up with animals, yeah, I've had animals growing up. We weren't, like, we didn't constantly need to have an animal growing up, but we have, we did have animals. Um, and then I had a fish, like, in my late 20s, and that lasted all of about a week. And
0: oh, a fish. The,
1: like, it was, like, a beta fish. I oh, those are Thor. cool. They are. I named him Thor, and he did not last as long as the mighty Thor, God of Thunder. But <laughs> I killed him fairly quickly. The... So, here's the thing, too. I think so many people are hellbent, and I love my dog. I think he's great on having a dog, but I don't think what people I think what people don't realize is like it could be if you're like busy and on the go and you have a lot going on, it can be a lot easier to have a cat than a dog. Like you can't leave and have a dog. like somebody has to come, and your dog has to be walked unless your dog is just pooping throughout the house with whatever people do whatever they want to do. But like I have friends who own cats and they can go away for the weekend, let's say. I mean, they're not going away for like a month, but like you, they yeah. go away for like a weekend, or and they can, they're okay with the cat being home alone for two to three days. Like that's a freedom you don't have with a dog. And dogs are great, um, but cats can also like, I mean, stuff like even from the stories you're telling me about Jack and Thor, like, I mean, cats run the house, and in in that aspect, they can do a lot for themselves, and they can kind of look after themselves in a way that I don't think dogs can.
0: Yeah, dogs really feel like they need that human action, human interaction on a daily basis, whereas cats are more like, I'll come to you when I want to come to you. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to look at you with narrowed eyes like I'm judging (laughs) everything about you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of dog Um, do you have?
1: um, Well, they think he's a Yorkie Poo. I got him from a rescue, um, but yeah, he's a Yorkie Poo and his name is Gryffindor. Aww. Yeah, he's my, blood you know. I know he's right here. I'm sorry. I don't want to be one of those people that use his baby voice when they talk about their dog. I'm trying to curb that, but, Oh, yeah. no,
0: I do that nonstop. <laughs> like, my, like, each of my cats have got several other names, you know, because it's not just one name. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, every morning, you know, like, when I see the cats, I'm like, oh, what a handsome boy you are. You are such a good kitty, you know, when you want to be. Or, oh, you're such a sweet boy when you're sleeping. <laughs> I do. And that's probably why they're judging me. They're like, why are you talking to me like a fucking <laughs> this baby talk? What are you doing?
2: It's the bath.
0: <laughs> I do so much to just try and get my cats to approve me. <laughs> Where it's like, I'll do little dances for them. And it's like, this is a tribute. It's for you. Begging for their approval. <laughs> yeah, or I'll do like, a, like, like sing a little song to him or something. What was really great is when I walked in the in the garage uh, last night, I was getting our grill ready. And so I had to keep going in and out of the garage. And usually when the garage door opens, Thor will just stop what he's doing and look at the door and be like, do I run or do I stay where I'm at? And so like every time I opened the door, he would run under this thing that he could hide under. And so (laughs) I started singing to him. I started singing Aqualung by Jethro Tull because the chorus is Aqualung, my friend, don't you start away uneasy. Uh, You poor old sod, don't you see it's only me. And so it's like Thor, you know, Run away. It's just me. And so as soon as I started singing that to him, he popped his head out and like cocked his head sideways, like, fair play, I like it. <laughs> it's like, okay. you can't go wrong with Jethro Tull, bro. <laughs> Pull out a flute and start playing a flute for him. <laughs> but Jack, yeah, like what was I doing? I was doing the the Bloodhound Gang song, uh, Shut Up. Like I've got for whatever reason that rap the entire thing is like stayed in my head for like over half my life now and so i was doing that for him and like he didn't change expression the entire time just narrowed eyes like almost i wouldn't have been surprised if he just started shaking his head (laughs) i do so much to make you
2: love me why won't you just love me
0: it's like oh i know how to make you love me (laughs) and then i go get cat food (laughs) tap on the top of the can and he's all (laughs) lovey-dovey do
1: they eat the same food
0: Yes. Yep. We've gone through lots of different dry food with them to, you know, try and find, you know, because for a while we were thinking that that was Thor's issue. But, um, but yeah, they get dry food all the time. And then usually uh, once a day in the evening, they'll they'll get soft food. And man, they know exactly what bowls the soft food comes in. Um, <laughs> and it's gotten to the point where even in like Lindsay's always the one that gives them the soft food. And so if it's anytime time after six, if she's in the kitchen, you know, making supper or something like that, they'll just go and just hang out and just stare at her the entire time. And it's always like, guys, you know, the deal, you don't get soft food until we're done eating, because if we give them soft food beforehand, without fail, one of them will go back and take a shit in the middle of us eating supper. And like I said, we have a small house. And so anytime one of the cats takes a shit, it's like, okay go clean that immediately (laughs) (laughs) oh and poor Lindsay, she cannot do cat poop at all no like she's like you know like she can change baby diapers like it's nothing but like you just like show her a picture of a piece of cat shit and like she'll like run and puke (laughs) in the sink and it's like oh you poor girl (laughs) and so it's just kind of and also liam's kind of the same way and so like whenever the cat shits it's either up to me or aiden (laughs) to clean it up
1: (laughs) is it this is probably like a super gross question is it like a solid clump that can be picked up without worrying about scrubbing residue or is it
0: uh... it kind of all depends like thor generally has more like solid well-formed shits whereas jack kind of alternates between like He'll go for, like, a few days in a row having, like, very soft shits. And also, he's a long hair cat, so, like, the level of dingleberries that he gets sometimes is horrifying. Uh. And on a white cat, they stand out. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. And if I try and, like, come up behind him with, you know, like, a wet wipe or something to try and clean it up, like, (laughs) he'll turn around and hiss at me. And if I persist in trying to clean it up, I will get bit. And so it's like, all right, fine, live with your shitty ass. You're not getting on any of the furniture. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, he always goes in the litter box. But also, it's like cats. You know, they'll they'll shit, and then it's like they'll take off at like super zoomies afterwards. So sometimes Jack will take off with super zoomies, and then there'll be like a little bit of like a little spot of shit on the floor which is like oh thank you for that buddy yeah <laughs> whoever said cats are the cleaner animals was full of shit and it was probably written by a cat <laughs> oh, oh for sure, <laughs> you know, for like sure. propaganda <laughs> do you find a lot of hairballs nah, we, well like we find especially like right now with the change in the seasons like jack is mm-hmm. shedding like crazy and it to the point where it's like there's just long white hair fucking everywhere like Lindsay will, like, we have mostly wood floors, and we've got one big area rug in the middle Mm -hmm. of our living room floor, and Lindsay will vacuum that sometimes four times a day.
1: Wow. And, and like,
0: put the vacuum, like, fully on the couch also and vacuum all that, and just be like, (laughs) what the fuck, Jack? It's like, yeah, he's he's messy, but um, not too many hairballs, you know, where they full-on, like, puke it up on the floor. Like, I I cleaned one up from Jack, oh, what was it, like, maybe two weeks ago? And it was the only one I can even think of in recent memory, which as oh, okay. much as he licks himself and as much as he sheds, I can't believe he's not puking up a hairball every day.
1: Like you get the impression, especially from like TV, which uh, you know, I should know better. But, like cats are puking up like,
0: you know, eight, nine <laughs> hairballs a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could all be for the cat. And, you know, and, and also I've, I've noticed that, you know, they've got a million different types of cat food. Where it's like, you know, and they have ones Hair. that are like hairball control. So maybe some people own cats that are more prone to them and they have to feed them with special diet to try and help with it. I suppose I should just knock on wood that, <laughs> that they don't do True. that very often. <laughs> True. Uh, I do love having them, though. Like, I really like because I grew up with like I, I grew up in a household that just had lots of pets. Like, we always had a dog when I was a little kid. We had a border collie named Dusty. It was, like, my best friend. Um, oh, my God. My mom's got pictures of me as, like, a baby, like, asleep on a blanket on the floor and Dusty, like, sleeping right next to me with, like, his head pressed up against mine.
2: Aww. And she said
0: that he was very protective of me. And if strangers came in the house, he would get in between the stranger and me <laughs> and, like, stand his ground like, you're not coming near this kid, fucker. <laughs> And that was an awesome dog to grow up with as a little kid because like my mom and dad have a, a, a small cabin that's along the river just outside the, the town I grew up in. And so we'd go out there and there's a big, long gravel lane that, that led down to the cabin. And I got lots of memories of, you know, running up and down that lane as a little kid with, you know, Dusty in like hot pursuit or usually way out ahead of me because he was so much faster. Um, but that was the, the first dog that I had to experience loss with. Like, I remember Dusty getting old and slowing down and, you know, eventually dying. And I remember Dad built a coffin for him out of plywood, and, and we buried him in the back corner of the garage, or the yard, and he was a really, really good dog. And then the next dog we got looked almost exactly like Dusty, but like miniature. And I don't remember anymore what breed of dog it was, but it looked like a miniature Border Collie. And... That dog was just very full of nervous energy. And I don't know if it was because at that time I was then a teenager, you know, with like, you know, raging testosterone hormones, and I'm a very (laughs) loud person naturally, but that dog would always just look at me and like shake. And it'd it'd be like, are you afraid of me? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I've never done anything to hurt you, but I know I'm very loud.
1: (laughs) Is a border collie Lassie?
0: Yes. Yeah. Dusty looked just like Lassie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and he was the variety that had almost like reddish fur, and then, you like the white chest and white splotches. Um, Oh, excuse me. I have a neighbor down the street that has a black and white border collie named Tucker. They they
1: come in black and white?
0: Yeah, and oh my gosh, Tucker is such a beautiful border collie. And she's got this really huge uh, corner lot that's fenced in with a chain link fence. And this border collie, when I walk, because I go for walks almost every day. And this border collie will just race up and down the fence line, you know, excitedly looking at you like, "What's up? What's up? What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, that dog is just so beautiful. Um, I I would love to have a big dog like that, but in the combination with the small house I have, and I just, I don't think it would be the 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 best move to have a large breed dog like that. But my parents now now they have two dogs. They've got two yellow lab to i think they're yeah they're yellow labs and oh my god are they high energy and they're like my dad's kids i think like they both sleep in bed with my dad every night and then they've also got three cats in that house so now they've got two giant dogs and three cats wow (laughs) at one point they had three dogs In there, and then the the their oldest dog Lizzie, she she died kind of young, which was really tragic. Lizzie was like a mix between yellow lab, and and uh, golden retriever, and she was such an amazing dog. Like she almost never barked. Um, Lizzie was like my dad's like third child. Like dad would be like sitting on the couch like eating cereal. And, like, he would, like, get a bite and put it on the spoon and, like, give it to Lizzie to eat right off the spoon. And then he'd go back to eating. And it's like, that's fucking foul, dude. (laughs)
1: That's
0: love. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Like, and I would always make jokes being like, I think he fucking loves that dog more than me. I never got that level of affection from this man. What the fuck? (laughs) Uh, But Lizzie was such a great dog. And she ended up having a bunch of health problems when she got older. Um, I think she had, like, some sort of cancer or something like that that developed, like, in her head to where they had oh, to keep God. getting surgery on her, where they'd, like, take out some of her teeth and everything along with it. And eventually it caught up with her. Um, and when when she was older, they got those two. So the two yellow labs they have now are sisters.
1: Mm-hmm. And okay. so they got
0: those sisters when, when Lizzie was, you know, kind of in the later stages of her life. And the amount of times that dad has said to me, like, they're not like Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> they came home one day. And so the the more dominant of the pair is their new dogs are Abby and Ellie. And they are very, very high energy. And Ellie is like clearly the alpha of the two. And they had torn up the couch in their basement all the way down to the wood frame. Oh, my God. <laughs> The amount of fucking furniture and belongings that those dogs have torn up and <laughs> chewed up of my mom and dad's. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Do they get pissed? No, these are their new kids. <laughs> they <I'm> not- just <laughs> deal with <it>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, and then um, Abby's like, you know, the slightly smaller of the pair. And she's one of those dogs that's absolutely like ball obsessed. And so she's always got this ball that she carries around everywhere. And so every time I go over there to visit, you know, Ellie will be the one that's all insane jumping all over me. And then eventually when she calms down, Abby will come up and just drop her ball at my feet and like, <laughs> nudge it towards me. <laughs> so then I'll pick it up and throw it. And then, of course, my dad's like, don't throw it so far. You're, you're you Wear her all out. She has bad hips. She's going to get. And it's like, you are so overprotective. It's a dog. It wants to chase a ball. <laughs> She's got bad heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I just I grew up in a house like we always had, always had cats, always had at least a, one dog, um, and so you know I, I I feel like as an adult um, I went along for a long time. I thought I was allergic to cats, and I might still be, but it's like I don't just know if it's just not as bad or what. But I went for. A long time without owning a cat. And then when we got Jack, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to see how it goes. And I take like a, a like a generic Zyrtec every day just because I have, I have asthma that's mostly triggered by allergies. And so mm-hmm. I have to take like an allergy pill every day. And so I don't know if that's the difference or what, but like I live just fine in a house with two cats. You're maintaining
1: it. If you still have it, then you're maintaining it well, so that's good.
0: <laughs> it must be, but... Yeah. Oh man. Um. Oh, what's going to say? Have you ever had any other like small pets? You know, like like gerbils or hamsters or anything like that? No. If I'm being honest, I don't think I would have
1: trusted me with anything small. Like, I could see myself like letting it out of the cage or the little tank, and then like bringing it to bed with me, and then completely smothering it or whatever. No. By accident, people, by accident, anybody listening that on- <laughs> I'm killing animals as a kid. But no. I, and here's the thing too. My, I had a coworker, this is years ago, and she had a, she got her son, I want to call it a flying squirrel, but that's not what it is. It's some kind of like, it looks like some kind of a rodent, but like it's got webbed wings and it can like, but they're furry. And I think, I think it's furry and they fly.
0: Shit, think maybe it is a flying squirrel. Maybe it is I can't think of anything else that would is like a flying mammal other than like bats
1: okay, maybe it definitely wasn't a bat so maybe it was, <laughs> yeah but to, anyway to answer your question I have not no did you were you into like squirrels or lizard squirrels nobody has squirrels like gerbils or
0: ferrets or we had a hamster when I was little, and uh it had one of those little plastic balls you'd put it in yeah like roll around the house but this is also a house that had two cats in it. And, and so I eventually we just woke up one morning that that hamster was dead. And I remember that was really sad. And I think in the same week, because like our cats were indoor outdoor cats. And I think in that same week, one of our cats got hit in the road outside oh, of our house. I seem to remember God. having two pet deaths, like really close to each other when I was a kid. And I was thinking it was a hamster and one of the cats. That's
2: awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and And that was the thing that. You know, when when we took in Jack and Thor, it was, okay, they're either going, you know, they're going to be an indoor all the time cat because I don't want the boys to have to go through that where it's like one day your cat goes out and it, you just never ever see it again. And yeah. so when we were little kids and that happened, you know, my mom would just be like, you know, we'll just, you know, imagine that, you know, you know, Hobbs or Ziggy, you know, just found... You know, some some, you know, old widow that needed the company and, you know, they spend their evenings now, you know, keeping this lady company sitting on her lap in front of a fireplace. And it's like, you know, that's a that's a beautiful story, mom. But like we live like right at the edge of the blacktop outside of town. We were three houses from the edge of town. And so people would use our street as like a fucking runway (laughs) to where when they're going by our house, they should have only been doing twenty five but it turns to 55 and a hundred yards. So, Great. you know, it, they, they probably got And and there was the one cat that we actually saw get hit in front of us. And I remember oh, watching God. it die in a cardboard box, pissing blood, you know, that, that stayed <sighs> in my brain forever watching that as a little kid. And just, I think that was the one that died right soon after Taffy, the, the hamster. <laughs> um, that you know, is a
1: horrible visual by It
0: right. was terrible. it was it was terrible like watching that cat and I, I remember just watching it and just bawling my eyes out. Um, but it was like, okay, so and and then after that it was like the now all of Mom and dad's cats are indoor only. they don't they don't go outside and and that was actually one of the things that we were discussing with Thor is that do we let him be an indoor outdoor cat? And it's like, no, I, I can't because I don't want him to go away someday and never come home or worse, find him dead in the road outside, you know, or something like that. Or And also recently, we've been getting terrorized by a giant fucking raccoon. Like, I have the, the video surveillance to prove it. It is a giant fucking raccoon. Like, one morning I woke up and looked outside and like there was just red everywhere in the backyard. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I go out there. It had taken a Nerf ball and just shredded it into, like, a thousand oh. little pieces. And I we have a an above-ground pool in the backyard that's, like, one of the soft side ones. Mm-hmm. It, I'm pretty sure it's, it has scratched a hole in the outside of the liner. And so it's been drinking winterized pool water, which can't <laughs> be good for
2: it. Oh, no.
0: Well, and then, like, last week at one point, uh, the boys were like, uh, there's this one outdoor cat that has been around our neighborhood forever named Stray Gray. And so the boys always get so excited when they see Stray Gray. And Stray Gray likes people, too. So if they're outside, he'll come up and or she'll come up and start purring and rub against them and stuff. And mm-hmm. It's like oh, the Stray Gray's here. And so we're looking. We're like, no, it's a raccoon. And it walked right down our sidewalk, made a left turn and just went right through a gap in my privacy fence and was in my backyard and so i ran out in the backyard i'm nope nope fuck off <laughs> it was like korg chasing away loki and ragnarok piss off ghost <laughs> and so i chased it and it ran under my garden shed and i'm like oh you son of a bitch and so last night i'm out in the yard with Lindsay and i had just gotten back from a walk and so i was i had a, a headlamp on and i'm sort of talking with Lindsay and, like, I hear a noise, and I shine my headlamp over, and there's two glowing eyes staring at me. And so I take a step forward, and sure enough, is that fucking giant raccoon. It was just hanging out in the dark, 20 feet away from us, staring at us. It's so creepy. Oh, and so it ran off under the garden shed. And so I've got this weak-ass pellet gun. Or not even a pellet, it's like a BB gun. Now, mm-hmm. keep in mind, from, like, I can put this thing, like, point blank up against an empty soda can. And pull the trigger and it won't pierce the soda can. This is a weak, weak BB gun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, a long time ago, my grandpa had borrowed it because there were squirrels getting in his bird feeders, and so he would shoot at the squirrels with that pellet gun because it, you know, it wasn't enough to actually hurt the squirrel, but it was enough to like hit him and like scare him and make him run away. Right. And so I'm out in my backyard doing some fucking rainbow six shit with this fucking headlamp on and this fucking tiny little pellet gun and I just kept doing this like ring around the rosy thing chasing it around my garden shed <laughs> and so finally I got down on my stomach in the grass shined my headlamp under there and there's the two eyes shining right at me and it's like eat lead motherfucker <laughs> I shot that thing right in the face <laughs> It fucking took off running and it's like yeah don't ever come back you fucking prick <laughs> Now, keep in mind, this is not a strong enough pellet gun to where it hurt this thing. All it did was scare it. You know, the, I mean, this like I said, this thing won't even penetrate a pop can. So I, I'll tell you what, though. At the time, I was wishing it was a fucking 22 <laughs> because like I think it- it's hanging around the yard recently because Thor's been in the garage and it's like if that thing were to oh. suddenly get in the garage, I don't know how Thor is going to do against. I mean, this raccoon is one of the biggest fucking raccoons I've ever seen yeah that might not end well no it's like a raccoon like the size of a yorkie i mean this thing is huge jeez yeah and so it's like i don't know we'll see (laughs) darkness is falling (laughs) by the time we're done with this recording it'll be dark and i'm gonna go out there with the headlamp again and see if it's in the yard
1: (laughs) i'm thinking of you like crouched in the grass like on your stomach with a headlamp like tactical gear like seal team six stuff (laughs) looking for a raccoon
0: No, really, it was graphic tee, nylon shorts, and sandals.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but hope hopefully, you know, it like, because, you know, hopefully that BB just hit it, and it was like, ooh, I want it to associate, like, a stinging pain <laughs> with with, like, being in my yard. So it's like, please yeah. don't come back. Yeah, like, find somebody else's yard to terrorize. Like, like there's nothing more magical than being on a hike in the woods and seeing a raccoon and being oh, look at it. But when it's like <laughs> coming in your yard and like fucking with your property and all that, And it's like, no, no, I, I don't want you here. Yeah. yeah, and it can have rabies. Yeah, that too. I mean, especially because it's like, it's weird to see them in the daytime. You oh, know, and the amount of times yeah. that I've seen this raccoon, you know, not in the dark is, is somewhat troubling that
1: is actually seeing raccoons in the daytime should be an anomaly not the not the not the everyday occurrence
0: yeah yeah generally when you see those nocturnal creatures during the day there's a good chance that they're sick with something like you said it could be rabies and yeah. that stuff's fucking scary tragic too i've seen old yeller i've never seen old yeller i just know the dog dies right mm, yeah it gets i think it gets bit by a rabid raccoon Oh God. And then at the end of the movie the, the the little kid that owns this dog is like has to shoot old Yeller Spoilers. Well no. so oh, he has to not... shoot his own dog, which is like super tragic. So it's like old Yeller's great as long as you don't watch the last 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> Speaking of rabies, really quick. So I had to watch this movie for PCL tomorrow
0: called The Sadness on Shutter. Hey, I'm going to be on PCL tomorrow too. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. I get to podcast with you two days in a row. This is going to be fucking rad.
1: This is okay. So that made me think of that first of all. I've got beef with Brian because that movie was twisted.
0: Uh, that's the one on the list that the entire. I've been putting it off the longest. I haven't watched it yet because I just read the description. And I was like, oh, no.
1: And they're like, zombies. Like, if they said something like it's like an offshoot of like, hum- like rabies. No, I can't. I kid you not. I stopped that movie multiple times. It, it was so hard to get through. Brian, I, I know it's going to be you. tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,. I've never, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen anything so twisted.
0: Oh, hooray. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll put myself out of my comfort zone for PCL. Because <laughs> usually I stay away from movies like that. You know, like it's, I went for many, many years without watching any horror which is wild because that's Lindsay's favorite genre oh. and and so it's like oh shit like she had to twist my arm to get me to watch uh what was it the conjuring i remember that oh, movie really? scared the ever-living shit out of me <laughs> i watched it once and then somehow the scenic cast guys got me to watch another one and then i was like fuck it i'll watch all of them so i watched all of them for scenic cast <laughs> but yeah horror is not my genre and, and like I think the, the description for that movie said it's like they're like you know not zombies but it's like something that makes people like follow like uh, sadistic impulses or something like that yes. like, oh no this is gonna be so twisted it is so twisted
1: oh <laughs> great <laughs> i saw the trailer for it because i wasn't quite sure what to expect and i, I the, the trailer itself was enough to make me put off watching it for an entire day because the trailer's twisted like
0: i i can't oh my god i cannot wait to talk about this movie tomorrow
1: <laughs> it is so <laughs> effed up it is so effed up
0: yeah my plan is to watch it first thing tomorrow morning <laughs>
1: great idea great
0: idea yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be super fun. I'm glad yeah. we're going to be on PC all together. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I, I usually, like, the week leading up to it, because I never ask Brian, you're like, oh, who else is going to be on? I usually just wait until that Skype call starts and then, you know, see who else is on. But it's funny because sometimes it's like you'll watch other people, like my friends' social media and different things they'll comment on. I'm like, I wonder. <laughs> They're watching the same stuff I'm watching this week. <laughs> And what's funny is with with me, it's like, I I feel like most of the stuff that I watch on TV, it's because it's on a watch list because I'm reviewing it, you know, either on like PCL or Scenic Cast or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I feel like so much of my TV watching is, you know, for like reviewing purposes. Oh, uh, same. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff
1: I wouldn't watch otherwise, or it wouldn't have never, it just never would have popped up on my radar otherwise. Um, Yeah, same. Yeah this is definitely one I would not have
0: watched <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> God. I always love it though, because there's, there's some movies that that will be ones that I would never watch otherwise. Because, you know, when I, when I do these shows, when I do other people's shows and it's to review stuff, I take it really seriously and I, I treat it, you know, like it's a job. So mm. it's like, you know, i I, I have to watch this because, you know, it's, it's for work. And there are so many things that I would have otherwise never watched. And then I'll watch it for that. And I'll be like, wow, this, this really proved me wrong that, you know, cause my general instinct is to generally only watch like action fantasy type stuff. That's why like, I love the MCU. I love star Wars. I love that stuff because it's just, that's just my genre of choice and right. so when you leave me to my own devices that's generally what I'm going to watch and it's always great when I'm, when I'm proved wrong by something where it's like, well, this was a really really delightful watch I agree, yeah, I
1: like being oh my god, my dog's like shaking crazy, um, yes, I agree when, I'm, when something's like a pleasant surprise and then if it's a show and then there's more seasons or if it's just a, a series or a franchise, it makes me want to watch more of it, I agree
0: yeah yeah, oh wow. Um sp- um so speaking of Star Wars, we got Obi-Wan coming Obi-Wan coming up pretty soon. Um I think you've said before like Star Wars is- isn't really your thing though, right? Yeah, I've never seen a Star Wars movie. I, that's a lie. I've saw I saw The Force Awakens in the movie theater, but I've
1: never other than that I've never seen a Star Wars movie.
0: Ah, so you probably give zero shits about Obi-Wan Kenobi coming
1: out. No, but it's literally all over my feed. Like it's all <laughs> over. Everybody's posting about it. Is that the one with
0: you, you and McGregor
1: um, yes yes yes
0: yeah yeah I'm super excited about that he was one of my favorite parts of the prequels I, I think many people would say that too that, that he's their favorite part of the prequels um but I was also a huge fan of the the animated Clone Wars series and so I loved him in that also so I I'm so stoked for this show coming out I, I can't wait for it to because it's like next week already that it's dropping
1: well I want the world to know not that anybody's dying to know this but so I have I'm I had surgery last week, so I'm off for work for the next couple of weeks recouping and so I have a list of things I want to watch and on my list of things to watch starting Tuesday, I'm gonna give I'm gonna start I'm gonna watch the first couple of episodes of the Mandalorian because I was told you don't need to have the Star Wars background to enjoy that show so I'm gonna that's give correct.
0: it a ghost. So that's awesome. Made, I'm so happy for you Yeah, because hey. if you don't like the Mandalorian, you won't like anything else Star Wars related there. Like, I, I think that that's a pretty fair statement. Okay, good. And I'm glad that it's a thing that I can watch without having to go back and
1: watch 19 movies before. Because <laughs> I don't know if I have the bandwidth to just start at the beginning or whatever, whatever people consider the beginning, which is a whole other thing. That's oh. one of the other reasons I haven't started Star Wars, because everybody's got a different point they want you to start from. And then so the fact that this is just a show I can dabble my toes in makes me feel better.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan of watching things in the order that they're actually released. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel so strongly
1: about this because I remember right before Endgame came out, and I had I knew a bunch of people who had never seen an MCU movie. Like, I want to get in on this. I want to see what the hype is about. How, what order should I watch it? And I always say, I watch it in the order I w- that you were intended to see it, which is the order it was released. If you go in chronological order, to me. Some of the post credit scenes won't make sense if you're into that thing. Watch it in the order that was intended, which is the order they gave it to us. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I 100% endorse that.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't understand the chronological order argument. I don't get it, to be honest.
0: <laughs> that, and, for, for me, it was like, like, go to the Star Wars example. So that means people would be like, oh, you need to start on The Phantom Menace. And I feel like if people watch The Phantom Menace and they're like, eh, that was, you know... The, the score was great. It had some great characters in it. You know, maybe some not so great characters. And then for them to go into Attack of the Clones, like they are probably going to check out
2: before they right. watch
0: Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and, and But for me, like A New Hope, the very first Star Wars that came out, that is still one of my favorite ones. That's That's my cinematic mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know, that's... I've watched A New Hope more times than I can remember. Like that was like a, a formative movie for me. That and th- that whole original trilogy. It was one of those things where it's like if I was if I had a sick day from school, it was like, oh, we're gonna be watching the trilogy. <laughs> you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be watching <laughs> all of this. And then afterwards we might watch all three Indiana Jones movies. That's a great sick day, actually. <laughs> oh, no kidding, right?
1: That's yeah, um that's-
0: I, I've been slowly introducing Aiden to all sorts of different movies, you know, from when I was younger, and I keep telling him I'm like I'm like we have to do the Indiana Jones trilogy sometime because he still hasn't seen like he's seen bits and pieces of them, but he's not seen all the movies.
1: Ooh. oh, that's gonna be so much fun to watch those,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> and what's funny is I've only seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull once. And I remember I was, <laughs> I was on PCL a long time ago and we started talking to Indiana Jones. And I was like, well, I didn't think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was that bad. It was like the mo- the moment in a movie where, like, the record scratches and Brian J. like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> but with me, like, if it's an IP I love, I'll always make some sort of excuse to find something about it that I like. But that being said, I've only seen creating with a crystal skull once. And so there's a part of me that's like really looking forward to doing this rewatch with Aiden and then getting to that one and, and rewatching it with with like more of a a critical eye, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite PCL moments. though. Just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh boy, it probably is really bad. (laughs) Everybody
1: should have one movie that people think is terrible that they will defend, even even though they know that the movie probably isn't that great. Everybody should have one of those.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I probably, because I remember when, when I'm getting, again, going back to Star Wars, which you know nothing about. um, (laughs) I remember the first time I saw Rise of Skywalker. I, I enjoyed it in the theater. And then afterwards, like, listening to my, my friends' different podcasts and stuff like that, and people making all these really great, valid points about why the movie sucked. And every single time I heard one of those points, I was like, I really can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. Can't yeah. dispute that either. No, they're, they're totally right. And then it's when it came out on digital, I bought it. And then I've still never watched the entire thing. Like it, That was a waste of 1999. I, yeah. should, I should have just not even bought the digital. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I tend to try and find a silver lining on something. So, I mean, like, you know, if, if I give something a toss it rating, like, you know, it's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat greedy with the toss (laughs) it. Oh, that's too funny. Um, (laughs) Oh, what was the. Oh, Top Gun Maverick's coming out. Uh, are you going to yes. see that in the theater? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. yeah. I am so excited. I remember the first time I never watched a trailer for it, like on my phone or anything like that. The first time I saw a trailer for it was actually in the theater. And it fucking blew me away. And and knowing that crazy ass Tom Cruise actually learned how to fly, to, fly, uh, fly a jet to do all his own stunts and stuff has me even more excited to see it. And um, yeah, I was I showed Aiden the trailer and he's like, I want to see that. And I'm like, great, I'll get two tickets for opening day and we'll go see it. And so on Sunday, I'm going to show him the original for the first time. So that'll be fun because I haven't watched that since I was a kid. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be great. My only
1: here I am about to be bringing in Thunderstorm. My only complaint is that I really wish they wouldn't have gone with the trope of like one of the Okay, first of all, it was super cliche. Have you seen the trailer yet? Oh, you did. You said you saw it in the theater. Yeah. He was like, we're the best there is. Who are they going to get to train us? And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that line for the time. <laughs> and then, of course, What's-His-Face plays Goose's son, who's, like, not trusting of Tom. Like, does one of the kids have to be Goose's kid? Like, oh, of course. I'm like, <laughs> <"It's> so cheesy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the reactions to this movie so far you know like there was an article the other day that it, it debuted somewhere and there was like a five minute straight standing ovation I Saw that, and it's like god damn I'm so excited to see this movie this like the buzz around it is so good
1: yeah it had better be good because it's I don't need sequels to movies that came out 30 years ago if you're not going to really put your entire foot in it and make it absolutely amazing yeah so, I agree so, yeah so if you're gonna do it it, it the trailer looks great and this like the slow like and like the updated version of the theme of the score gets me gives me chills every time i hear it um but if, don't if you're not gonna do it right don't do it and tom cruise is crazy that if you tell him he'd have to land on the moon for you know for three weeks he'd do it so <laughs> wacko.
0: have you seen that picture of him on top of the i think it's the burj khalifa building no like the world's tallest building He is no, at least from the picture, he looks like he has no safety gear on, and he's just casually sitting at the top of this building, like the same way he might be sitting on like a stump around a campfire. Looks like there's zero fear in him, where you see the same picture of Will Smith on the top of that, and that dude is in all sorts of PPE, and like tied up to stuff, and like he looks like he's holding on for dear life, like terrified, like a person should be.
1: Oh, I just, Googled. he's like chilling. Like he's waiting for somebody to hand him a beer.
0: I know. And it's like, I don't like that goes back to like the last episode we were on when we were talking about Alex Honnold that like most people, when you get in a situation like that, your brain does not let you forget that you are in an insanely inherently dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. And so like, like me, it's like, I, I remember on a hike I did a couple of years ago there, I, I went up to the top of this like limestone tower. And so like the top of this tower was probably like, I don't know, like eight feet long by like four feet wide, you know, very, very big. And just standing on the top of that, my legs were just like rubber. And like, I almost felt like I was swaying a bit to the point where I was like, oh, fuck, you're gonna have to down climb this thing now. And it's going to be very spooky with your legs being this shaky because there was just like a little limestone ridge that went up to the tower from like the the bluff that it was connected to. And that was a spooky little down climb to get down from there. I can't imagine being up on top of a, you know, the world's tallest building and just sitting there with seemingly no fear the way Tom Cruise in, is in that picture. It's mind boggling to me that, that there's people out there that can put themselves in that dangerous situation and just shut all that off and be like, nope, I'm like Batman. I'm not going to feel fear if I don't allow myself to feel fear. And it's like, wow, that's good on you, dude. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a different level of human being. Yeah, he really is. He he really truly is. I there's a lot to be
1: said about Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the man has zero fear, and because he has zero fear, his movies, the action in his movies is always top notch.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the stuff with like anybody who's like fully into Scientology, I question a bit. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Because it's
0: like it's like you know the story of that, right? It was written by a guy named Ron. <laughs> who was like, who was like alive, like, like not that long ago. <laughs> like he, like this isn't, you know, like a religion based around Jesus Christ who was born 2000 years ago and shrouded in mystery. It's like, no, this is a guy that there's like video footage of. He, he thought he was a boat captain. He'd wear a little suit and like lived in a boat off the, the shores for a long time to avoid taxes. Yeah. And you and and he's also written more science fiction books than like anybody else alive. And you're going to believe the one that he's like, nope, this is real. (laughs) Okay. Okay, dude, you do you. But man, that's some weird shit. It is very strange. And so have you watched the Going Clear documentary on HBO?
1: Oh my God. First of all, my God.
0: God. (laughs) (laughs) When Tom Cruise is on that stage and they give him that giant fucking medallion and then they both salute The picture of l ron oh, hubbard god. off to the side it's like that is a whole oh, yeah. bag of cats worth of crazy like, yeah. what the hell? or as
1: they call him lrh to yeah. lrh i'm a, anything Scientology. oh my god oh wait oh my god i'm so excited you brought this up okay <laughs> going clear i watched going clear i watched the um the leah remini mm-hmm. tv series on annie i listened to her podcast her and mike Rinder, i think they're great and then i i Made a few trips out to LA in the last couple of years, um, and every time I go, I make like the people I'm visiting, friends or family, I make them drive me past the Scientology building, and I like went in, got like a brochure. They all wanted me, wanted to know if I wanted to take like the personality test. I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> because- hold these cans and answer personal <laughs> questions. And it's the whole thing
1: is fascinating. How you can just suspend all disbelief in real life. You're not watching a movie, and just believe just. I don't don't want them to come knocking at my door, but like, just like, just it's the, it's the most bananas thing to me. It is like a rabbit hole. Unlike any other. I'm sorry.
0: No, I I totally agree. I mean, the older I get, that's the more I feel the way that's the way I feel about almost any organized religion Fair. where if you can take a step back and take an objective look at your religion and tell me that all the stuff you guys do is positive then I applaud that religion because it is rare. But the way that I see a lot of mainstream Christians in America, they just use their religion as a way to control people. And, yeah. and that grosses me out. And historically, I feel like that's what religion has been, is a system of control. And at the point in time in the world where, you know, rape and murder was like the regular thing happening, then, yeah, it was probably great that religion pacified people and gave people a unified moral code to live by. But then once that mutated into, oh, now we're going to use it as a club to beat down people and, you know, shame people and all that, that's when it starts having, you know, negative gains, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Where yeah, absolutely.
0: It's, it it is transformed into something that was positive, and now it's something that's being used for evil purposes and especially the way it's used now you know in america with i'm really proud of us that we've talked for two hours and we didn't bring up politics at all but the way that religion is used in politics now from you know especially like with with abortion and stuff like that i i find it just absolutely fucking sickening
1: that that
0: you're gonna use a belief in god and something that should be something powerful and beautiful and spiritual and just use it as a way to, you know, like these rules are for thee and not for me, but I'm going to stand up here and, and preach like it, or these people that own these or run these like mega churches that become millionaires over there from their congregations. And they live in these giant mansions and fly around in private jets. And it's like, you're about as far from Jesus Christ as you can be dude. Agreed. Agreed. I I can only think that on some level, they absolutely know that they're a con man, because I don't know how you can read the Bible and live that sort of lifestyle or do the things that those sorts of people do and then still blindly believe, oh, I'm a Christian. It's like, no, you're not. If you're a Christian, you'd be totally in support of gays getting married because Jesus said love is, is the, you know, you need to... You know, love is the is the greatest thing there is, and you need to love your neighbor as as you would love yourself. And it's like that me oh and the you know, he who's without sin cast the first stone. Well that's nobody. So basically Literally Jesus nobody, right yeah. there saying, Don't judge people for for who they are, accept people's faults and love them as they are. And you get all these Christians nowadays in America that do not follow those simple tenets, and it's like you're a Christian in name only, dude. That is that's some horrible shit. Agreed. And, yeah. And so for me, it just sours me on the entire thing. I've, okay. I've, I've yet to find a, a religion that is, that I think is okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I would much rather be around somebody who claims to be spiritual than somebody who claims to be religious. Personally, because yeah. uh, it's like you burn your sage and, and wave your crystals around. <laughs> you're not fucking hurting anybody doing that stuff. That's cool. <laughs> But the minute you start using that as a club to beat down other people, I'm not on your side anymore. <laughs> Crystals. But, you know, I'm skeptical. I don't believe in any of that stuff either. As soon as people start talking about toxins, I'm like, all right, you're crazy. <laughs> but if you're not hurting anybody with it, and it personally benefits you to believe those things, then have at it, my friend. I agree. I agree.
1: <laughs> it shouldn't harm anybody else for you to believe what you believe it shouldn't you shouldn't worry about anybody else's rights or what it does to anybody else you live your life the best way you know how and don't worry about what other people are doing
0: yes yep a hundred percent and 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 if your religion is pushing you in a way to where you want to you know condemn other people or or, or vote to to take away rights or that that's where it pisses me off the most when people are like well I believe this so we need to make laws based on that on on this and it's like no dude, no you don't get to yeah. make laws for all of us because you like a book right Get out of. Here.
1: you like the book. I don't have to like it exactly.
0: <laughs> What about my religious freedom? What about my religious freedom to not have to do that? <laughs> I think we got laws on the books that cover you know the, the top 10, right? <laughs> don't steal, don't murder yeah you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> That's cool. Don't, you know. Uh, right, that was kind of fun. We, <laughs> we got very serious. Here we end. did.
1: We did. <laughs> A next, hard landing.
0: Next time, more food talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll say we'll do the food at the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, As usual, it has been absolutely delightful talking to you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on
1: of course thanks for having me it was a blast as always love it love it love it
0: <laughs> uh anything you want to promote or uh, let people know they can find you on social media anything
1: um not really you can find my reviews on pcl pop and you can find me on last month in hollywood on this with the scenic
0: cast hell yeah and you can find us both on the next episode of pcl <laughs> 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 super exciting <laughs> Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Until next time, this has been StartCast. Bye.